0: Three, two. What the fuck were you saying, Joey Diaz? I
1: said that once you're clean for 29 days without smoking reefer, that's it. Why go back?
0: (laughs) What? Yeah. I like it.
1: No. (laughs) If I fucking stayed clean from reefer for 29 days, I'd go, I'd let my lungs fucking heal from the abuse I have inflicted on them the last 30 fucking what years. What about
0: edibles? What about spray? Had, first you the, of all, Jumbo spray?
1: First of all, I haven't had an edible since, like, I broke it in Boston September 29th. So out of respect for Sober October, I didn't do an edible. I haven't done edibles. I, I, something was wrong with my stomach. So I figured out it, I was uh, lactose intolerant.
0: Lactose intolerant. Lactose <laughs> intolerant.
1: I fucking eat mozzarella cheese or milk, and I'm farting up. You know, it's a nightmare, yeah. so I had to cut that out of my diet, no mozzarella cheese, light on the American cheese now, no Swiss, no more, no Cuban sandwiches. Really? It's fucking crazy, and then I had to cut out the edibles would give me a weird feeling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like like it had,
1: what? It had, just gone, it had just gone somewhere else, and I didn't like the hunger issues.
0: Oh, the munchies. The hunger
1: issues yeah. after 11 o'clock were just monstrous like here I am working hard to lose weight I'd stick to it and then I go home I start with an apple another apple Mm. a banana another banana then you gotta bust out the salami sandwich with the fucking you know it was just uh, it was just getting bad I could not control it could not uncontrollable the hunger from edibles every minute after 11 o'clock for me was uncontrollable.
0: Well, you get blitzkrieg. You don't just get, like, a little no, fucked up.
1: No, and it starts early. It was starting early, 2 in the afternoon, then pop another 2 at fucking
0: 6. Do you like vaporizing? No. No, just smoking. I, if if I, you're worried I take, about your lungs, you don't... I know, take vapors at get... like a hotel. <coughs> to pen?
1: get the party started in the right. morning. While I'm having coffee in my hotel room, writing my notes for the mm, thoughts of the day. Mm-hmm. Because I don't wake up with hunger. See, that was my problem all those years. I would need till one. If, if you want to be a fat fuck, don't eat till one when you wake up because then you got to make up for it the rest of the day. So now I have to force myself to eat. What do you mean? Because uh, a lot of you guys like the uh,
2: intermittent, intermittent fasting.
1: fasting. I can't live with that. My, what do you mean? My shit goes up and down. My blood pressure, my blood sugar. So I, I could never intermittent fast. But in the old days, I'd be coked up. And I'd wake up speedy still. Right. So I wouldn't eat breakfast. But I'd start eating at one or two o'clock and would not stop till fucking two in the morning. You saw me. Yeah. I'd be eating those pink dot sandwiches like they were nothing. Two meatball sandwiches at twelve o'clock because I wouldn't eat breakfast. I forced myself to eat, you know, for years we was eating every six hours. You're supposed to eat a smaller portion. You know what I'm saying? So
0: Yeah, that's what people were thinking. I
1: gotta eat breakfast. And I can eat two egg yolks, a piece of wheat toast, and fruit, and I'm good. Like for sober October, I gave up bacon. <laughs> I only eat two pieces of bacon. It's four, five points on Weight Watchers. That's all I'm allowed. But at least I'm allowed two pieces of bacon.
0: Two pieces of bacon is all you really need. That's yeah, all you need. more than two pieces of bacon. Let just me tell you something.
1: Greedy. When I was four eighteen, between you and I, my wife, who's from the south, would make the whole packet of Oscar Mayer center Cup bacon. The whole pack. Every morning. That was my breakfast. You would eat
0: the whole packet?
1: The whole package. With three eggs, a half a loaf of Wonder Bread, and oh. butter, and a 16 ounce Coke, the boot.
0: A Coke on top of it?
1: Oh yeah, I could drink two Cokes for breakfast. Oh. Remember, I grew up on the East Coast, and I caught a bad habit early on. After my mother died, I caught that. I, didn't, I wouldn't eat at home. I would leave and eat at the deli. I went on the. Remember when fucking cream cheese and jelly on a On a roll was big. Oh yeah! You know what that does to your system? Cream cheese and jelly for breakfast. I used to. I used to open up with cream cheese and jelly on a poppy seed roll, with a sixteen ounce Coke for breakfast for (sighs) years, and I was in shape. That that's the thing. You know, you can't live. Remember that nobody eats cream cheese and jelly for breakfast on a roll no more. Cream cheese and jelly.
0: No, because people
1: know better now. In Jersey, in those diners, they got those brand muffins. You go in there, you get those brand muffins, they put them on the grill with butter on them. Good googly moogly. Those are good. Oh my goodness. You just chop Now I go I to got Young yum Donuts, I got a brand muffin with raisins in it. And it's got no butter or nothing, but they cut them in half on the East Coast. Those East Coast breakfasts were horrible. Now, how long have you been doing this Weight Watchers thing now? Since December 9th.
0: So almost a year?
1: Yeah, but Close I've been. In the I've been year. On,
0: 11 months now?
1: Yeah. Ish? 11 months-ish. 30 That's pretty pounds, good. 30 pounds.
0: That's nice.
1: And I did, That's
0: a good weight over that amount of time because it's gradual.
1: And I didn't. And the only week I missed my fitness goals, I have to have 72 points of activity. And I only missed it one time I had what, the flu. What,
0: what's a point of activity? How do you, what do you get?
1: So if I go to Muay Thai at 9, I only really, it's an hour class, but I only put 30 minutes down to Muay Thai training. If we do circuit training with a ball Mm -hmm. and ropes and shit, then I put whatever the amount. If it's eight stations at 30 seconds a station.
0: Do you wear a heart rate monitor or anything? No, 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 no. I
1: don't want to hear. Listen, I don't want to hear. I don't want to see. You know what? When I had that (laughs) fucking ear infection, I used to have to work out with earplugs on. And I'd get high and go throw sidekicks for Jesus. You don't know they, what life is. So
0: the, when you had the ear infection, the earplugs kept your equilibrium in balance. No,
1: it would keep sweat from going in my ear.
0: Oh. You don't
1: know what life is when you're working out. And you can hear your heartbeat. But yeah. Boom, boom. But that's trippy shit.
0: You know, like, Everlast has a ticker. He's got an artificial valve, and he puts the microphone up to his chest here.
1: No, I don't want to hear that shit.
0: Like yeah, sixty it's minutes, trippy. like the beginning, of sixty minutes. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. It's trippy, man. He's had it in there for what did he say, like eighteen years? I think. Yeah, he had a heart attack a long ass time ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He had a bad no. valve.
1: Yeah, but if I was clean off weed for twenty nine days, I might as well go for it for at least a year. Yeah, let's ride back make around it come, to that. Why? And then make I it enjoy come back. marijuana.
0: Just make a comeback just to see what, what it would be like. Some, I'll tell you one thing that did happen last year when we did Sober October and I took a month off. When I started back again, I'd get nervous. Yeah, I'd get real nervous. Yeah, I'd get yeah, scared yeah. to do it, and I'd go on stage. I'd feel real strange.
1: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> somebody once told me, a great woman once told me, that uh, if you think getting high in life is weird, wait till you stop getting high. And it's a different fucking adventure. And she's true in a lot of aspects. I I called you one October 2nd one night. I got home from the Comedy Store. You know when you get home from the original room, dog. Especially when you go. It was one of those nights when I went in there and I was Rocky Balboa. I just touched gloves and I measured and I just started going to the body (laughs) for for 15 minutes. I remember driving up Laurel Canyon going, what am I going to do with myself? And I went home. It was like October 2nd. It was 11.30 and I started smoking reefer to calm down a little bit. And I went down. I started with Sign of the Times by Prince. Mm. And I just left it on autoplay. And it just took me into a Prince fucking cave. And I ended up on Beautiful Ones. When he starts singing, do mm. you want him? And I called you up. I'm like, this is why I can't do Sober October. Yeah. Because I get so high at night to come down off the stage. When you get off stage, you need something. And since I don't drink, I'm scared to come up that hill drinking. I have to smoke reefer to come down at night. And music, that's the only thing that calms me down at night. Do you write at night after your sets? I write about what happened. Yeah, I try to write how lucky I am that I'm still performing at the store at 55. I write about that I ate a bag of dicks, but I'll get them tomorrow night. (laughs) You know, like, whatever. Whatever just is flowing through my head while I have music on. I'm drinking a water, and I'm just, I'll go in the back and fucking toke a fucking 22 hits off a pipe. And I love listening to music at night. That's my hobby.
0: It's a thing to, like, when you get out of the store, it's a thing to sit yourself down and make yourself work and write. You know, because you're like, I'm done. I did it. Got a good set in. I'm good. But that's the best time to write, I think. Everything's popping.
1: Well, I'll go home and make corrections. Maybe I said that fuck too early. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I said that and I shouldn't have said it. But, uh, no, I won't try to write at night. I'm gone at night. I like to try, unless something's really you tired funny. Or? I think my brain is shot at night.
0: Cuz is it because you did you already did your stand up you got ramped up
1: did the stand up play with the fucking kids mm-hmm. you know did a podcast talk to people all day about shit that doesn't matter by night I like to I like to get up I play with Mercy I talk to my wife I'll do a protein shake I'll drop Mercy off I'll go home and then I go to the coffee shop and for 30 minutes, I'll call my peeps in Jersey, check in, and then I'll get eggs at the coffee shop, Bacon. Once my breakfast is gone, I write my thought page down for the day. Then I take my iPad out, and I either write a chapter in the book, I try to write towards the book, and while I'm writing the, the book-, book.
0: you writing a book right I'm now? I'm trying,
1: I'm trying. How long uh, you been doing this? 22 fucking years, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <clears throat> 22 fucking years, you know. Uh, mm. But I forced myself, and with the iPad, you know, there's a whole thing on there's a whole writing thing, so I could just turn that chapter off and go to another document and click on to post Netflix material. And then I got a thing that we're working on, immigrant mentality, so I think about that, I'll go to that. So now my, that's all great. I think just doing that exercise every day is good for me. I don't need to write comedy every day, I'd rather just go down to the store throw something out there, and fucking get excited. And like I told you, I'm not going anywhere else no more in Los Angeles. I'm going back to the store.
0: No improv spots?
1: Especially after I shot the Netflix special and everything. It all came to me after that, that 10 year, and especially after she died. You know how people, you ever go to like an acting class and people refer to Stanislavski and all this shit? 10 years from now, people are going to be referring to the Mitzi Shaw technique. There was something that every con- I was talking to Duncan about it. I talked to Ari about it. I know she said something to us at one point that we were like, wow, something. I remember I was telling this on my podcast that there was a time she didn't like you doing that in the cold bit in the main yeah, room. Yeah, she hated it. <laughs>
0: she wouldn't let me do it in, in the,
1: main the main room. In the main room. Yeah. In the original. How yeah. fucking crazy is that? That's to show you her genius in a way. Like, she was like, Joe... I, you could light yourself on fire in the original room. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, but in the main room You can't do that because you're killing my room like the comics afterward just could not follow it Like they could just not follow that well, it lesson right there. It was a right fucked there, up
0: bit. The that, bit. was about it was brilliant, but it Think about it. There's no good versions of that bit anywhere. This one version that I did that's up on you It's terrible. It's a terrible version that, that there's no solid versions of that bit but that bit was right when that guy died, Jay Howard Marshall. He died, and it was all about him getting Anna Nicole Smith to do shit to him before he died. Just but to earn the but money. father, she's trying to take your money. I don't give a fuck. I want to get my balls licked or something it was like a that. Crazy bit, but Mitzi didn't like it too because she didn't like bits that were making fun of old people because you know her health was deteriorating too. She there was a couple of bits that she didn't like. <laughs> it was just, This fucking picture of him. He's a million years old, and she's hot as the sun, and she's sitting on his lap. Look at him. Look at the smile on his face, dog. Yeah, oh, man, I loved him. I loved that whole scene. I loved what it was. I loved it because it was so blatant, you know? It was just so blatant. But she didn't like that bit. She didn't like the Hugh Hefner bit either. She didn't like that bit. When Hugh Hefner told those, look at it, she's kissing him, oh my Jesus Christ. Oh. He's in a wheelchair while she's marrying him. I mean, it was a damn classic. That, 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 that scene of him and her getting married. She's so young and so hot and he's so old and wrecked and rich as fuck in a wheelchair. It's such a classic scenario. It was so good. You called
1: her a Kentucky Fried Hooker.
0: Yes. <laughs> I had him call her a Kentucky Fried right, Hooker, right? Like if she wanted that money, she had to do it. She had to keep doing shit.
1: And then that's yeah. It's, he's calling father. He's going it's time. And, was, and he it's wakes time. up and it's like it's time to lick my ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time. Oh. Yeah, man. I I just love the fact that that guy was that wealthy and yet still, I mean, I guess when you're that, wealthy what was and he that worth old, at that time? More than a billion dollars. Yeah, he was a billionaire. He was an oil magnate, right? Wasn't he? I don't think she got the money though. I think the kids fought her. Hundred million. What? That's peanuts it got her dog. Anna Colesman's daughter is now the fourth richest woman in the US. Daughter, it's what oh. Uh, no, it says 37 billion though.
3: That's the, that's the Coke Oh, brothers. Coke brothers. Sorry. Oh, I see, I see. He was he was 69th on the list.
0: Oh, but fourth richest woman. Uh, Do you know out of the richest women in the world, Google the richest women in the world, like where they got their money from? It's rough. It's rough out there, guys. They they ain't fucking starting businesses. <laughs> They're marrying dummies. <laughs> really? Yes. Is that how they got? It's powers? almost all of it is divorce. Almost all of it's divorce money. The wh- feminists do not want to hear this. But there was one woman who was the richest woman ever from uh, a, a startup company, uh, Elizabeth. What it what was her name from Theranos? Oh yeah, it took it all. What was it? What was her name? Elizabeth something, not Smith. What was it? Something Holmes. Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes. She had a, ran a company called Theranos. She started it herself. Dropped out of college to start this company, and it was a total fraud. It was all fraudulent. She's going to jail forever. <laughs> she was worth thirty four billion dollars at one point. It was a blood testing company, and what it was was they just take a prick of your blood instead of taking a bunch of your blood. like you get your blood drawn? The, the, her thing was like let's just be able to take a prick of the blood just a little tiny prick like you go to a store Get a prick of your blood and they're gonna be able to do a battery of test on you and find out what's going on the problem was it didn't fucking work and they, they Falsified all sorts of data and they lied to investors and all sorts of shit this lady she used to dress like Steve Jobs. She wore a black turtleneck and everything and I Saw her speak once here it goes Elizabeth Holmes indicted on fraud Oh, the, they got you with the fucking pop-up ad, New York. To, there she is, wow. she's going to jail. She's fucked. Oh, well, I won. Uh, But she was, she was at one point in time the richest self-made person in the world, the richest self-made woman in the world. She was worth billions of dollars. The shit people do. I watched a thing the other day on Crazy
1: Eddie. Do you remember Crazy Eddie? Yeah, when you Crazy were...
0: Eddie. His prices are insane. Did you know
1: what Crazy Eddie did? Well, tell everybody tell... who Crazy Eddie was. Crazy Eddie was a guy that had stores in all five boroughs of New York. Wholesale outlets. For TVs. Stereos, TVs, and everything like that. I, saw, I was watching MSNBC, uh, Greed. They have a series called
0: <laughs> Give us... Let me hear this, motherfucker. Oh, no, no. I forgot TV's, he's VTR stereo systems, telephones, telephone answering machines, anything and everything in home entertainment. And less home appliances, too. Remember, we are not undersold. We will not be undersold. We cannot be undersold. And we mean it. Santa knows that the best deals in town are at Crazy Eddie's during Crazy Eddie's Christmas blowout blitz. See Crazy Eddie now? His prices are insane! <laughs> he's, he's wearing a Santa Claus outfit. He's going fucking crazy with fake snow in the back. Background.
2: He
1: fucking, like, just <laughs> this, like he, like, it out of the park. Didn't he go to Israel? Did he he went flee? to Israel to hide, to yeah. flee, but the most brilliant thing he did was he took it either, don't, don't fucking, you know, ch- check fact me on this, he took it either his nephew, his son-in-law, somebody that he was related to through blood, put him through college so he could get a job at the IRS so they could figure out how to rob... From the IRS. <laughs> this is how fucking insane this guy was. I'm watching this diet and how they got Crazy oh my Eddie. God. Right. Crazy Eddie fled after he started just buying boxes. You know how you remember years ago you you would be driving in, in New York and there was some guy selling stereo speakers. Yeah. And then you'd take them home and there was two bricks. Yep. Well, he did the same thing to investors. He took boxes, filled them up with bricks. And just stocked them in a warehouse, and then he went public. So he got everybody to come down and look at all his inventory and all these fact checkers. They're checking boxes with bricks in them. Whoa. And he had, I mean, five fucking warehouses all around. They were all fake, and he got all this money. He fled to Israel, and he fled for a while, but they knew he was a pussyhound. hound. <laughs> right, so they got him like Escobar style. They got him like you know on the phone, like I'm going to the store, something crazy. And what they did was they put a blonde on the side of the road with a miniskirt, and they knew eventually he would drive by and stop. No, and
0: he stopped.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: how they nailed them. What is the? Did you Google the the richest women in the world? Oh yeah, where they got their money from?
3: Crazy his prices a, are insane. He's a bad
0: motherfucker. The
1: Paramus, Syosset, Queens, Long Island, <laughs> come now. And he had commercials. See, he was the first one that pushed the commercial barrier. Like, yeah, he
0: made fun commercials. It
1: was Imus and him. Like, Imus had the pimp with a bunch of his hoes that would go, did you hear what my man said this morning?
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I, and
1: he had a bunch of those. Crazy Eddie had the best one. He had Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman peeing at the, peeing at the men's urinal.
0: I missed the Imus thing because I came in like I remember. I found out about Imus because Howard Stern was talking shit about him, and I was like, "Who is this Imus guy?"
1: Imus was around when I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, it was. Way, Imus was I, when I, I, got I was in like.
0: way late. He was Imus already was real old.
1: already. Imus was the fucking king of New York when I was eight, nine.
0: Imus would come on in the morning and talk shit. When I saw him, he was wearing like a turquoise one of those uh, weird ties, those bolo ties that like cowboys wear. And he had a fucking cowboy hat on, and his whole studio was done like uh, like the West. It was real weird.
1: Yeah, he got weird at the end. He but it was really, towards... he was wearing yeah, yeah,
0: cowboy yeah. boots and shit. It was like, yeah, are you a rancher?
1: Got, yeah, You're doing a fucking the end.
0: AM radio show from New York City. Like, what
1: is this? got fucked up. And they were paying him. I mean, he was on for a while.
0: Remember he said nappy-headed hoes? And they're like, cut! That's it. That was it. <laughs> he called people nappy-headed hoes. Well, he tried
1: to compete with Stern, right? That's what it was. There wasn't a something It was definitely
0: end. some of that. But he was that. You know, he was trying to be outrageous even before Stern. I believe it just wasn't at the same level Stern's outrageousness was nationwide Imus was really like a East Coast thing like people knew about him in New York I never heard about him in New York or in in Boston But I'd heard about Stern. We all knew about Stern, but nobody nobody really knew about like it never made it there You know, and then when I came to New York It was at the end like when Stern was already the king and Imus was just sort of like this guy that he hated And I was like, who is this I-man? Like, who is this i guy? And then they had a TV show for a while. And then during the TV show, you'd see him in the studio. And it was, you know, no disrespect, but it was really fucking boring. It was boring. Like, there was no life to them. Like, their opinions weren't that interesting. It was him. And then there was another guy there that looked like he was just waiting for the fucking buzzer to ring. He was waiting to go home. And then there was a woman that was with him. It was, it was, there was no life in the room. Like you'd watch the Stern show, there'd be midgets shooting bottle rockets out of their assholes and porn stars riding dildos and it was chaos. There was plastic all over the ground because the girls would be squirting. It was just madness. Like no one had ever done, not that that's good or bad, but it was, it was exciting. Like you're, you're driving to work in the morning. You're hearing some girl freaking out because she's riding on some fucking, <clears throat> that Sibian thing he'd make girls ride on. And like that, it was madness. So, like that, that, like you had never heard anything like that on the radio before. So, then you would hear about Imus, and the Imus, are like, well, what do we got here this morning? Oh, this nappy headed hose. Ho, <laughs> ho, ho. You're like, what? Yeah, he tried to just be at it, the end. It no, was just, it was in comparison. It was so, it was dead. It was like, it was dry. Tennyson on Stern was oh, great. Oh, God, he was amazing. Fucking
1: flavor of the one time on Stern. I mean, there's so many yeah. great Sterns. Artie was so great back. Artie was the best. Artie was fucking amazing. if you listen to an old Artie one when he had just gotten off the subway, he just shot heroin god knows where. (laughs) He'd had sunglasses on. Yeah,
0: you fall asleep. That shit was
1: (laughs) fucking insane.
0: And he said like that they encouraged him, you know, but man. You, what are you gonna do when a guy's like that? you gonna help him if you help The problem with people that are that fucked up is the only thing that ever helps them is themselves. The only thing it's like they have to hit rock bottom and then they have to decide they're gonna, they're gonna do something about it. But when you do get a lot of love for being fucked up, that is kind of a problem because you, you do start to think, this is my thing. my thing is being a fucked up guy. People love me when I'm fucked up. This is what I do, you know. And you can fall into that. But Belushi had the same problem. Yep.
1: Yep. The other guy, God rest (laughs) his soul, had the same problem. There's a niche you fall into. I remember there was a pizza parlor, when I was a kid. His name was Nick the Greek. Fucking tremendous pizza, even though he was Greek. Like we let it slide. (laughs) He put the Sicilian by the window, and and it was the flies would land on it. It was like the airport for the flies. They would land. We would break his balls, Nick. But I remember I went out a Quaylud one night, fucked up to the gills, with vomit all over my shirt, and every time he'd see me, he'd call me fucking Balushi. That's when Balushi almost died. It was, and he would for years, he called me fucking Balushi. And there was another kid who had a beard, and he called him Ayatollah Khomeini, like he had nicknames for us. But that's a weird. It bothered me after a while. He would call me Balushi, and when Balushi died, it really started bothering me. Like, am I next? He would call me Belushi to my face. Look who it is, fucking Belushi. Whoa. I was fucked up. (laughs) I went in there one night on a quail and opened up the red pepper and threw it at him. (laughs) But I used to sell him jewelry. Like, I would sell him stolen jewelry. Me and Nick were tight. Nick was the pizza parlor 50 yards from the high school. And you could run a tab with Nick. And Nick used to, I used to give Nick jewelry. And he would look at me and he would go, speak. How much do you think that's worth? Because jewelry was 800 an ounce at that time, gold. And I would bring him jewelry. He would look at it and then take it, give me money, and put it in one of his pockets from his the His apron? Fuck apron. So two days later, I'd go in there and go, Nick, let me use your bathroom. And I'd go in there and stick my hand in the apron and take the jewelry back. <laughs> and then a week later, I'd go back to him, Nick, how much for the ring? And he'd look at me. And he was racist as fuck. Like, he would either call me Belushi or Spick. <laughs> to my face like it didn't matter <laughs> there was a kid you know this is on Kennedy Boulevard this is a big boulevard and there was a kid that would come in there and I'm still dear friends with that his family had money and he would go in there and buy a slice of pizza but he would cross the street because the iced tea across the street was a dime cheaper remember when iced tea came in those fucking cardboard and milk cardboards yeah he would always cross the street. So Nick would be having a conversation. I was like, What's going on? And also, he'd go, What's. And we'd go, He went across the street to get the ice cream. He would fucking f- flip out. He'd run from behind the counter, run onto County Boulevard. Hundreds of people would be out there. And I, 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 he'd yell at the kid, Tony, you fucking Jew. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, fuck you fucking Jew. The kid wasn't Jewish. He was Italian.
1: He was just cheap and shit like that. That's <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> Ten cents. That, you got to be pretty cheap to run across the street for ten cents. It was forty five
1: cents. cents for the iced tea, but at Hashways it was thirty five cents.
0: <laughs> and he would run across the street.
1: <laughs> then the Hashways deli was great because the mother was losing her hair. So every time you got a sandwich, you get a little piece of hair in your food. <laughs> and so you get, you wouldn't get hair. You would go, Ms. Hash, you didn't get any no hair today. <laughs> Everything had a little piece of hair in it. The macaroni oh, Jesus salad, Christ. and you ate it. Who gave a fuck? It was tremendous. Oh. She made the best roast beef on rye in the world. But every, no, in fact the whole family, the her and her son were losing their hair. And I learned from her son, like her son was losing his hair, but he couldn't control his emotions about it. He went to everything, Joe. He did the fucking stitches, he would spray paint his hair. He was one of those guys. The hat, like he tried, but the hair just kept falling out. He had the uh, male pattern, whatever. We were kids. But the, the mom had it too. The mom had it. Maybe it was something in the house. It, I don't know what it fucking was. Nuclear and the dad had it, and the brother had it, and fucking everything you got there had a little piece of hair on it, dog. <laughs> Whatever you got, always had hair. If you didn't get hair, you were like beat. You are like Mrs. Hash? What's up? No hair today.
0: <laughs> Did you say it to her face? Oh, we used to torture her oh, all the time. No.
1: We love Mrs. Hash. There's something Mr. about Hash,
0: a dude wear, losing his hair. It's it's fucking devastating. But a woman losing her hair, way more devastating. There's something about a woman, woman, women losing their hair. It kills them really. Like, oh, it's so sad. Yeah, so I've seen women lose their hair. It's it's awful You know they get alopecia, you know alopecia is weird like you could lose your eyebrows You know people lose their eyebrows. They lose like sometimes shit just starts falling off.
1: I Had a, there's a singer. There's a popular singer in a band and he's got alopecia And I just saw that they busted him out 30 years later. You didn't know that was a wig even then mm. And I knew about him growing up that he would just lose his hair you know, from time to time. Some I mean,
0: guys lose their eyelashes, they lose everything.
1: That's fucked up when it's you crazy. lose your eyelashes. Yeah. And I'm getting older. Like, my hairline is receding, but my eyeline's getting bushier.
0: Yeah, <laughs> your eyebrows. Eyebrows. You get it, some crazy eyebrows, bro. They're getting
1: bushier as shit. Yeah, it's Sometimes weird. Sometimes I'm driving at night and there's something in my vision,
0: <laughs> and my I gotta eyebrow. go
1: home and I gotta fucking chop an eyebrow.
0: <laughs> it's like a satellite. I go. I ask my wife, "Don't you see this shit?" Yeah, old guys. It's like old Scottish guys. Old Irish guys Scottish guys they have fucking caterpillars growing out of their eyebrows.
1: I got no hair on my legs I got minimal hair on my shoulders. I got no hair on my back. I'm one of yeah, those guys. Yeah, you don't
0: have any hair on your arms Nothing,
1: nothing. I got hair that grows out of my ears. This time I stick a q-tip in my ear And I can hear the hair twisting in my fucking <laughs> ear You know what that's like my eyebrows bro, get bushy as fuck I got to bring scissors with me on the road to trim my... Because in your your mirror at home, you don't see this shit. (laughs) You get on the road with light in a hotel room. And you're like, look at this fucking hair growing out of my nose. (laughs) Uh,
0: Did you find about the women with the investments? I was
3: waiting to... uh... Oh, good. From uh, Newsweek in July. Okay, what does it say? It's uh, like right here. Mm -hmm.
0: Upper echelons of money and power, blah, blah, blah. According to Forbes... <clears throat> the world's 15 wealthiest people are men. Women only make up 10% of the top 100. Separate wealthiest women in the world. Most of their money comes from their male relatives or husbands. Yeah. The top 10 wealthiest men made their fortunes themselves. Now, who are the top 10 wealthiest women that didn't get that- from divorce? Oh, here they go. Though. Oprah's got to be Hold on there. a second. Yeah, she's up there. The first self-made woman on the list is, wow, I don't know how to say this woman's name. Z-H-O-U... That's one word, Q-U-N-F-E-I, Zhu Kunfi, who was born to a poor family in China, dropped out of school at 16. She went on to found an enormously successful technology company. Uh, but if you put men back into the equation, she's only 198th richest person in the world. Hmm. No matter how you feel about the concept of few people hoarding enormous wealth, the notion that women can only access money and power through their families or husbands seems medieval at best, yet we see it occur at the very top of many professions outside of the business world. <coughs> yeah, it's um, most people. Can you read the next stuff? Uh, yeah, a recent high-profile example is Hillary Clinton. During her presidential campaign, the first female Major party nominee, she campaigned on a ticket of empowerment, yet although she is accomplished in her own right, she entered politics as the wife of Bill Clinton and has undoubtedly benefited from his prestige and connections. Yeah, well, that's true, but I just, she I also thought, I was a lawyer. I thought it was lawyer. about money.
1: I didn't mean for <clears throat> you to read that. To...
0: She was a lawyer and, a, you know, she was a senator.
1: Now, Oprah's up there as the yeah. world's richest women, period, like, that have made she, it on their own. That's
0: a weird thing, because they're saying, it, I'm not a big fan of Hillary Clinton, but by saying she definitely entered because she was, you know, she was married to him. But she was a lawyer. I mean, she's she's an accomplished person. She's she's educated, accomplished. She was a senator. I don't think that makes sense. I hate when people say
1: to shit like that. You know what? You're at the right place at the right time, bitch. And Does you he? jumped. And you jumped. Yeah. You jumped, bitch. So that's the problem. I'm not mad at nobody. You
0: can't say she got into. Pro- yeah, she may be a little help, a push here, a call here, but she jumped. There's a great book I'm reading right now. It's called Outliers by Malcolm McDowell. It's fucking great. And it's all about what makes people successful and why they were successful. And there are a lot of factors, man. There's a lot of factors in when you were born. Like, what, like a lot of it, he, he, he goes on about hockey players, about professional hockey players, that almost all of them were born at a certain time so that they were at the end of the age cutoff. So, like, say if you know, you're between 10 and 11 when you go into, what is that, fifth grade, you are, if you're one of the oldest kids, you have a way better chance of being successful at hockey because your body's more mature than whether you're one of the youngest kids that goes into sixth grade. So whether you're fifth grade or sixth grade, like what year you were born is a big factor. So the kids that were born later, so that they're older, rather, the kids that, that are older when they enter into the fifth grade or sixth grade, they're, uh, like, across the board, unanimously, all the top-level professionals were all older kids in younger grades. So that they're playing against smaller kids. They get more time. They, they're better, so they get more coaching. They get more hours playing. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors in like one of the things about Bill Gates that there was it's a there's a whole great chapter on Bill Gates and about when Bill Gates was young, the the school that he went to had a computer class that uh, allowed him to do coding and then he got into the University of Washington. They would let him get into their, their computer room from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. They had this open block. So him and his friends would sneak into that place at 3 o'clock in the morning. So all these, all these different factors that lead to someone being like super successful, it's not just that you work hard. It's sometimes you get these weird advantages in life. There's a bunch of things. like, For sure, hard work plays a factor. If you don't do nothing... You just sit around and, and, and woe is me and cry and, and think the world's fucked. You're not going anywhere. But the people that make it to the very top, the Bill Gates, the Steve Jobs, they have a bunch of things going for them. It's not just hard work. It's also circumstance, fortune, where they are, what, you know, who's around them, who, who, who encourages them. There's, there's a bunch of – what time they were born and what, you know, what age they were when th- certain things happened in the world. There's a bunch of factors. But for all those chicks, it's just marrying the right dude. (laughs) Getting divorced. Getting paid. I know a lady who uh, just got paid from a divorce, and she's just shooting shit into her face and banging 20-year-olds now. It's hilarious. She's in her late 40s, banging 20-year-old dudes.
1: (laughs) How rough must that (laughs) be to cut cut that check? For the
0: guy? Yeah that's, yeah, that's a hard I've I've known guys. I knew a guy who uh he cut a check for somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty million dollars. Yeah. To his ex. I
1: know a guy who cuts <laughs> a check for thirty grand a month, Gee. <clears throat> thirty grand a month. Oh, I know a, a couple guys who paid and that. That, and that was that was not beside the half million up front. Oh yeah. The yeah.
0: house.
1: Yep. Two cars. Mm-hmm. Like he just walked away.
0: I know a guy who's paying close to that, and he hasn't even seen his wife. He's been married to a new woman, a different woman, for 14 years. At least, yeah, 14 years. And he was only married to that lady for 12. And he's still cutting her checks. And no kids. He's got kids with a new woman, the old woman, no kids. <coughs> still cutting her fat checks. Tries to bring it to court, try to reduce the amount of money. She fights him tooth and nail. You son of a bitch, you left me. He left her 14 fucking years ago, man. They were only together for 12 years. It's like, she doesn't want to work. He, it's, he fucked her so hard she can't work anymore. <laughs> it's crazy. If it was a man, if the situation was reversed and a guy was dating a girl and they were dating for 12 years and she was like, I'm tired of this, I'm gonna go fuck some new dude. And the guy took her to court, got money from her and wanted money still 14 years later what kind of a fucking man would that be like get a job go do something with your life you are a human being you met another human being you spent some time with them they don't want to be with you anymore it's over like this there's no there's no children now, what to are take you care going
1: to what do you tell the judge that you want your lifestyle right yes. the lifestyle that you were accustomed to i want to, to maintain
0: my lifestyle judge i like to buy nice purses i like to walk my little dog i like to put him in a little a little purse
1: now in California, there's different factors. Also, you have to be with that person for ten years or something, right? There's uh, little there's, factors. There's, a couple, yeah, by the ways.
0: There's there's factors, and they change, you know, depending upon the laws, and they they change depending upon how much money you make. And you know, this my friend was pretty wealthy. He did well. But the guy who I know that had to pay fifty million dollars, he's real successful, obviously. That, I mean, you got to make a lot of money to give your wife fifty million, but. He still had to give her fifty million. I see the kid.
1: Listen, I see the kid point. Five
0: zero,
3: baby.
1: <laughs> I see the I see the child support point, uh, the list. and I see a little bit of, of
0: help. There's
3: the list. There's the unique one.
0: Oh, Madonna's divorce from Guy Ritchie, estimated seventy six to ninety two million. Oh, <gasps> he had she had to give him.
3: That's I mean she's the first woman listed first on this.
0: Damn, <laughs> she had to give him seventy six million. Way to go, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> i like to have him back here. Now I know how you buy those suits, motherfucker.
1: Now, what's his name? Pays the singer from Bush. Look
0: at this. Michael Jordan's divorce from Juanita Jordan. $168 million. <sighs> <gasps> Mel Gibson's divorce in 2006 after 26 years. $425 million. God damn. Jeez. Stop scrolling. Look at this. Jesus Christ. Steve Wynn's divorced in 2010. <gasps> $1 billion. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Steve Wynn. One billion. Rupert Murdoch's divorce in, 1990, in 1999 after 31 years of marriage, 1.7 billion.
1: Neil Diamond, 150. Harrison mm. Ford, 118
0: million. Whoa, Harrison Ford had to give up the cheddar. Steven Spielberg, 100 million. I remember that one. That that girl was an actress and she fucking vanished.
1: Kevin Costner, James Cameron,
0: Linda Hamilton, 50 million. Michael Douglas.
1: Paul McCarthy. That's the chick that was missing the leg, right? Heather yeah, Mills.
0: That's a dark one, that's man. That's a dark that one. That woman there. was mean. She was nasty, man. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Mick Jagger, 15 million, 25 million. He got off light.
1: Bro, Mick Jagger. Because remember. He fucking married in Jamaica, and it was like a Puerto Rican priest on his day <laughs> off. So he knew it going in, because Mick Jagger ain't giving you dick. I think we that had was Jerry discussion. Hall.
0: I think that was Jerry Hall. Who's that, that was one? wife number two.
1: Who's this one? That's
0: Bianca Jagger. The
1: first one. The first one. Yeah, he don't The first get...
0: one, he, he had to pay. The second one, he's like, listen, we're going to work around this way.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he don't fuck around. That guy, He before he was in, in The Stones... Jamie, what's the school he went to? He don't make me say something wrong. He went to the School of Wales or something for business. He's uh, all about the cheddar. For the last fifteen years, he's just been impregnating women all over the country <laughs> and cutting them a check and saying, yeah. you know, London's, he just
3: London School of Economics. Yeah, oh. no, 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 no. <laughs> Listen,
1: when it comes to bro, when it comes to Lame- there's stories that you hear that you're like, no, he didn't. Like no he did not. What a
0: drag da. it is getting, getting oh.
1: Do you see him do you ever see da, 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 any of it? Joe Rogan? Da, 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 do you ever see any of his rehearsal things? Do you ever see any of his video- Do you follow him at all?
0: I follow him yeah. Do
1: you see any of the videos that he does of him working out in the afternoons at oh, 72 he works out years hard, old? Man. Like hard. him dancing still like Michael Jackson. Works out and twice all a that day. Stuff. That guy does not fuck around. No. And I still remember one particular story where he got the boulder They played with the Boulder Buffalo with the the college plays. And he walked in and he goes, what's wrong with those seats? And they were like, well, Mr. Jagger, they're behind the stage. Bitch, you better get to sell them. Because I ain't taking the stage until those motherfuckers are sold out.
0: He sold the the tickets behind the stage?
1: Mick Jagger's brutal. (laughs) They could pay for my ass. (laughs) They could pay for my ass. Mick Jagger's brutal, bro. He's brutal.
0: And that was back before they had those giant screens. There was no this giant screens. This is
1: 88. Screens.
0: They didn't have those giant screens. Back this is then.
1: 88, 87. They don't give a fuck.
0: They didn't have those big LCDs where you could see no. them. Like, if you go see, like, say, Drake, and he's at a theater in a round, and, like, you see his butt. Right. Like, you're going to see his face on giant screens all around you. You'll see it, you know? If you, you go to see, like, a real popular person, and they're, they're, a lot of people are playing in the round, you know?
1: <laughs> Mick Jag is an interesting guy. I don't think he, he's like very tight. Watches his Gitas mm-hmm. tight. You know, he's just
0: like tight. How much time does he have left though? I mean he's like seventy six, right?
1: No, seventy two maybe.
0: Seventy two? Well
1: seventy five. Yeah, yeah. Yep,
0: yep. He says like seventy five. How much time you got left? If he keeps if you're lucky, everything goes great. You got twenty five years. But those last twenty five are rough.
1: Not with what he's got, because he could just lay there all day, have young girls massage him. He's Mick Jagger, dog. (laughs) They could just blow on his little nutsack and sing fucking.
0: He's probably getting blood transfusions every day. Yeah,
1: no, he takes good care. He's the backbone of the organization. Look at him. He's the backbone of the organization. And just to think that Keith Richards is still alive and ticking, and there's people out there doing CrossFit.
0: And didn't Keith Richards write a book where he's kind of shitty about Mick Jagger? He just told uh, you know. They kind of talk shit about each other, right?
1: They, that's how they sell books, dog. Yeah, I know. That's how they sell. Mick, Mick Jagger probably called him and said, "Do this, d- this." Tell line. the
0: truth. Fuck it. Give me ten percent. And when that... when I mean, when I watch those little rehearsal tapes, look at look at look at him. His them. fingers. Look at those fingers. We're, we're looking at uh, Keith, Keith Richards. Keith Richards' fingers. His every knuckle is swollen. To the point, it's like double the size. He looks like he's got Megaton Diaz's hands. He's like a, like a jujitsu guy. You ever seen Megaton Diaz's hands? Yeah,
1: that big fucking. Hand. Mackenzie
0: Dern's dad, the girl who wrote the made that video.
1: Yeah, you like <laughs> making that. Making fun of
0: you was hilarious. You like that? Yeah, after you, But her dad, Megaton Diaz, is a jujitsu legend. All his life he's done the gi. Guys who do the gi all the time, they develop real bad arthritis in their hands and their joints swell up like crazy. See if you find Megaton Diaz's hands. That's not a good picture. That's but there's there's some pictures of his, his knuckles. They're 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 crazy. They're all fucked up and twisted like yeah, these eh, you can tell a little bit there. There you go. Zoom in on his knuckles. I didn't know he
1: was Mackenzie Dern's dad.
0: Yeah. Her dad is a fucking legend. Look, go, go, Zoom that's in on his a, that's hands. That's as much as I could go. Oh, that's as much as it goes. But you see, see how fucking flamed out those knuckles are? Guys have done the <coughs> gi their whole life, and they're always grabbing and holding on to that gi. They get that. Yeah, it's okay. We get the point. But that that's what Keith Richards' fingers look like. Like he's secretly doing jiu-jitsu on the slide. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's 40 years of playing the guitar. Yeah, fingers,
0: man. That is crazy.
1: That's guitar playing 40 years, 50 years.
0: Meanwhile, he looks just as good as Mick Jagger. He's doing blow every day, eating cockroaches, smoking cigarettes. I don't cigarettes. think he looks
1: as good as Mick Jagger. <laughs>
0: look, they look great.
1: I don't think he looks as good. I think Mick Jagger looks fucking sensational.
0: But he doesn't in the face. If you look at the two of them in the face, make that picture bigger, Jimmy. Look at them in the face. Mick Jagger looks older. But that's just... It's hard to tell because Keith Richards is smiling.
1: We should go... I would love to see Mick Jagger still pull 21-year-olds out of the audience.
0: I bet they feel so weird when he fucks them. It must feel so weird. Like, you want to do... it. Like, if I was a girl, I was 20 years old, I would fuck Mick Jagger just for the story. But when he climbs on top of you and you smell death, (sighs) you smell it coming out of his pores.
1: (sighs) He's not... He's just old. He's
0: just, a bad just motherfucker. Just bad cells. You smell misfiring cells all over the place. Listen, yeah. when we were growing up,
1: bro. Seventy-year-old people didn't look like that. Seventy-year-old no. people were not going on the road. They weren't dancing and like they that. They weren't touring like that. That's something that you have to. And this Discipline. is a new thing.
0: You have to do. Di- well, you it's this
1: It's a new. T- all these bands. First of all, all these bands that are going out. I mean, this Ozzy. How about somebody called me the other day and they're like, "Hey, man." I'm I'm thinking of doing something New Year's Eve downtown. You know I hate New Year's Eve. Right. And I hate downtown even more. Fucking Ozzy Osbourne's doing the Forum. New Year's Eve. Ozzy Osbourne. The Western Forum? The only Forum I fucking know in L.A. In Inglewood? Yeah, with Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson and fucking just... And I'm sitting there going, 70 years old, and he's doing New Year's Eve. At the fucking forum. Probably got to.
0: He's at probably f- got to. His wife yeah. probably tells him. The fuck out of the house. Go. Make money. Make money.
1: New Year's Eve at the forum, Joe.
0: They, they connect his ankles together with rubber bands so he can't make big steps. Ever see how he walks? Little...
1: Is that true? Or you just goofing <laughs> on me? You trying to pull a Mickey on me? Remember when Mickey made fucking Rocky uh, put the, yeah. the, tie your legs together? Tie your legs, legs together is the same problem Rocky had. He Rocky Monty had.
0: His legs were too wide.
1: Tell me your, you saw the trailer for Creed? For Creed?
0: Was, the first one was good. Did you I watch it? it? Yes. Did you? I told you. I called you and said
1: watch it. It's, it's good. not an Academy Award winner. No.
0: But well, you. It's a decent movie. You know, man.
1: For years, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how I felt about Sylvester Stallone. I'm a fan. I just didn't. Then I went to your house that time, and your wife was goofing on you, and she's like, "I think he's got, he's in love with Sylvester Stallone." I always say Sylvester you Stallone's like sh- sh- coal mine. You're like, look at this, <laughs> look at him. You had a picture of his phone when he was 65. Jacked. He, he was just jacked. Yeah. And I, yeah, I like all that shit and stuff. And then I was on a plane. And I said, let me watch this Creed and Drought. I had tears in my eyes Aww. because I'm like, this guy has got no respect for years. Like, you look at him now, people goofed on him and shit. Dog, he wrote two or Whoa, three. he had
0: his whole back done? Look at that. Wow, look at that. Like, zooming on his back. Wow, I didn't know he had his whole back done. That's crazy.
1: Like, this guy wrote a fucking two or three franchises. Yeah. Like, this guy started, like, when you the other day they had some things about facts about a guy. Like, he was fucking broke. He had to sell his dog. He had to do all this shit for him to make Rocky. Huh? Yeah, look at that picture right there. Yeah, look at this guy.
0: Jacked, 71, jacked. Fucking jacked.
1: <laughs> when I saw that commercial for the first one with Creed, I was like, I'm not watching this shit. And then AMC lately, every Sunday or something, they throw a Rocky on, and you say, "What the fuck? I got ten minutes before World News tonight," and you start watching it, and you see the brilliance of what this man has done. it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's just completely brilliant. Whether it's cheesy with three when he gets beat up, and Apollo Creed takes him to the ghetto and makes them look at brothers, and they, how they teach big him how Dolph to. Lundgren's. Oh, and now. And then Creed, that kid, by the way, is a badass motherfucker.
0: Michael Johnson. Oh! Jordan. Jordan. And then Black Michael Panther. B. And then B. Black Jordan. Panther. He's Jesus great Christ.
1: he's great Him and that. the other guy are fucking superb. But this now, like, and you look at it and you're like, like me and you at the store behind it, like you would say to me, really, Joe Diaz, he's going to fight the Russian, son. I could have wrote that idea on a fucking... It's still huge. It's still coming out... Thanksgiving Day this guy is gonna be giant. It's gonna be huge
0: (laughs) It's gonna be huge I'll be there front and center at one o'clock. What's crazy is that franchise started in the 70s 70s. He made Rocky one in the 70s. (sighs) I remember I I watched it when I was a little kid I drank raw eggs and I ran around the block (laughs) Like I just listened to a David Goggins fucking motivational speech
3: I just uh, I read about about this when they first started shooting this, he told him to hit him for real, and he put him in the ICU for nine days. Dolph Lundgren. He said to try to knock him out. What? He, Why yeah, would he do that? I don't know. Dolph <laughs>
0: Lundgren was a legit Kyokushin karate champion. Yeah. Dol- Dolph Lundgren's a bad motherfucker, like legitimate bad motherfucker. Like, you know, I mean, he did a bunch of those crazy action movies, and he played the Punisher and all that stuff. But do- that guy is a, was a legit karate champion. He's a bad motherfucker, Toph Lundgren. I would not want that guy hitting me. So what's
1: this, what, what's this one called?
0: Lundgren put me in the hospital during Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would he let him hit him? Well, you know who else knocked him? Antonio Tarver knocked Sylvester Stallone out when, the, when he was doing that movie where he was still boxing. Remember? Like just a few years ago, he was in his fucking 60s, and he was boxing in one of those movies. He fought Antonio Tarver, Magic Man Tarver, who's a heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion, knocked out Roy Jones Jr. Remember when he stood in front of Roy Jones? Roy Jones, he goes, got excuses tonight, Roy? And then he knocked him out. Antonio Tarver is a bad motherfucker. And apparently when they were doing scenes in a movie, he clipped him and, and KO'd him.
3: Here's the quick story. He said he, uh, for the first 45 seconds, he tried to really knock him out. He hit him so hard as... Chest started to, or his heart started to swell. His blood pressure went up. Had to go back on an emergency jet to America. And he was in ICU for five days. Whoa! And the insurance company would not he says, pay out. Now I'm
0: intensive care for five days with nuns walking around. Insurance company would not pay out after they saw the footage of the incident. Once they did, they wrote the check. He hit my heart so hard it banged against my ribs. It started to swell, and that usually happens in car accidents. So, I was hit by a truck. That is ridiculous. He, when it's, it's Sloan also talks about why he hated Lundgren from the get go. They're friends now. Oh. Probably because he's a big, handsome fellow from fucking Norway or where the hell he's from. Where's he from? Dolph Lundgren with that name. Sweden, I think. He's from some. Yeah, he's some like
1: lab. and cousin. Yeah. <laughs> he's like Alistair Scotsson's cousin or something. Yeah,
3: Sweden.
0: Sweden. He, he's a le- legit bad motherfucker, though.
1: I didn't know that he was a Kyokushin guy. I didn't yes. even know he was a... He was, was a, a karate
0: champion. Yeah. I think uh, he was a national champion. Kyokushin's no joke, man. Those 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 fucking guys, that's a hard style. Very hard style. That's GSP also. Isn't uh, it?
1: Yeah. Isn't that GSP style also? Yep. Kyokushin? Yep.
0: <clears throat> I think Masayama's Kyokushin. pretty sure.
1: They're, um, they're really hard-hitting motherfuckers. They're, it's a very hard the style. punches, Leg yeah. Leg
0: kicks, a lot of wheel kicks. What they do in the tournaments, Kyokushin tournaments, they'd punch to the body full blast, but kick to the legs, the head, the body. And they will stand right in front of each other and beat the fuck out of each other. It's horrific. It's like kind of the opposite of—Taekwondo was uh, a lot of uh, kicks— and punches only to the body, too, but Kyokushin, they, they threw leg kicks in there, and there, there wasn't a lot of footwork with most of those guys. Most of those guys like stood in front of each other and battered each other. But a lot of Kyokushin guys went on to be really successful in uh, kickboxing. In fact, a lot, of, um, a lot of the Holland influence in kickboxing came from a Kyokushin background. Like they started out with Kyokushin, and kickboxing, and then they learned tie techniques as well. But a lot of those guys had uh, an influence of uh, Kyokushin karate. Very big in Europe. It's crazy. When I first started
1: in martial arts, the big thing was the sweep.
0: Sweep the in leg. In the
1: early 70s, everybody swept. You, yeah. t- you fake two high kicks, and even if it was a spinning back kick, oh. you- the third one was a sweep, and that motherfucker was gone. I used to go to all those karate <laughs> tournaments, and that was my shit. I throw two high spinning back kicks. Yeah, I didn't even want them to hit.
0: Sweeps are legit,
1: and nobody sweeps anymore. Nobody oh, sweeps. They
0: still do an MMA. in MMA and Muay Thai. It's a big. little
1: bit, a little bit in MMA, mm-hmm. but not a, as much as I'd expect. Well, a y- good sweep with a good fucking leg. Mm-hmm. If you set them up, a good old-fashioned sweep. I mean, what's his name has that little sweep the leg, push you back. Uh, you know, your boy here, John Jones. No, the other guy, John Jones, has it too. Yeah. All those wrestlers. Gaston have that little, does that shit a yeah, lot. Yeah, all that little sweep that I like that little sweep. But I'm talking about from the fighter's position to just come into you with a sweep and throw your legs out from under you. It takes a bunch of fakes, so I'm here with you. Yeah. It's basically off like ba 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 and instead of the elbow coming around, your leg comes around and sweeps that guy off his feet. Right. He lands on his back and you attack what you left.
0: There's still some some guys that are really good at sweeps. The thing about MMA is just there's so many different things going on. You know, but in Muay Thai, sweeps are huge in Muay Thai. It's a big part of the sport. You know, that's why I got but once like you Gaston, catch that leg, Gaston yeah. Volanos, when you know, who fights in Bellator, he's so high level in Muay Thai now he's getting into MMA. He's fucking guys up, not just with sweeps, spinning elbows, all sorts of shit. That is the, his level of muay thai. Like muay thai involves a lot of grappling, a lot of a lot of weird stuff. I remember
1: listening to Kenny Florian one time, and he goes that uh, you know muay thai even has a, a couple aspects from jujitsu in it, I guess. Not jujitsu, jitsu but something else. Greco-Roman. Greco-Roman yeah. when you grab ups. behind it. Well, yeah, they're, they're, always, they're always
0: clinching. There's a lot of clinch work, and those guys develop really strong cores and necks. They grab each other by the back of the neck, and they're, they're moving each other around, sweeping each other all the time. There's so much involved in you know framing with your forearms and sweeping the legs out and twisting and, and changing angles. It's a great... Uh, when, when you learn the other aspects of wrestling... When you learn takedowns and control, and then when you learn jiu and all these other... Like, having that background from the clinch from Muay Thai is so gigantic because so many different things open up from there. Elbows open up from there. Knees to the body open up from there. You Man, wrestled in high school, G? I wrestled one year in high school. Why didn't
1: yeah. you wrestle all four?
0: Because I was still doing taekwondo at the time, and I, I had to figure out what what was more... You know, what was more important to me? I I couldn't do both. It was just too exhausting. I don't like that
1: wrestling shit. Mr. Tabuccino, he used to have that fucking weight room down to like 190. (laughs) They were doing Hatha Yoga before Hatha Yoga was invented. That room stunk (laughs) and it was hotter than death. I was always
0: thinking there was asbestos coming off the ceiling too. I was like, what is covering these pipes? No one's checked these pipes. I'm like, I don't want cancer. What is happening in this wrestling room? All those
1: fucking schools had asbestos (laughs) in it. (laughs) We breathed asbestos. I ate paint chips in kindergarten.
0: (laughs) All the water had lead. If it didn't have lead, you'd be like, what?
1: I went to the park (laughs) yesterday with my daughter, and there was a lady next to me, and she asked me where I was from. And she goes, her father was from Brooklyn, and we started talking. She had a beautiful little 2-year-old. And the 2-year-old got caught on one of the monkey bars, and the father had to go over and help her. And, And she goes, I remember going up to my father's neighborhood and seeing his play yard. There were nothing like these, and I go, I still remember coming from Cuba and doing that, you know, the monkey bars, but then you get so good that you put your legs up and you hang by your knees, mm-hmm. and one day, bro, I didn't hang right, and I landed on that concrete. There was no rubber in those days. It was just straight-up concrete. Half the first grade, I fucking twitched. I twitched half <laughs> the first grade. <laughs> I landed right on my fucking neck. I never got on a monkey bar again. I monkey bars fuck, break a lot of kids. I, I don't fuck around with monkey bars at all,
0: Doug. I broke my arm in a monkey bar. My daughter broke her arm in a monkey bar. Yeah, my another kid in my daughter's class broke her arm in a monkey bar. How do you break arm in a monkey bar? Fall down, try to catch yourself, put post your arm, snap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's know. real common. Monkey bars are fucking dangerous because you don't have the hand strength yet. You're six years old. So you're grabbing a hold of bars, and you're swinging, you just don't really have the dexterity of the hand strength. And it slips, and you fall back, and you post, and snap.
1: You got to see my daughter on that monkey bar. She gets it. She does it until her hands bleed, dog. She gets little blisters. The mother's got to put Band-Aid on her. Your
0: daughter's fierce.
1: Then she's not she's a allowed fierce on little girl. again. Yeah, I like that about her.
0: <laughs> she's fierce.
1: I take it to it. I put a lot of time into that shit. I, you know, It's really weird because of the Kavanaugh situation and the Harvey Weinstein situation. You're a dad. I'm a dad. It's different than how you got to raise your daughter now. This has affected me in a way. The Kavanaugh thing was pissing me off for a few weeks because I don't like the idea that they could come back to you for something you did in high school. That that's just not right in my world. Unless I fucked you in the ass in high school and covered your mouth, <laughs> I didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I
0: think, he, I think that was the thing he did do, though. He did cover. He her covered
1: mouth. him out or whatever, but
0: who knows what really happened? But nobody right? knows, and nobody yeah. knows.
1: Nobody knows. So it was so thirty six years ago. Yeah. I know for a fact I've known you for twenty, and I've seen you sweeten up over the years. We all change. You're not the same Joe Rogan I met 20 years ago.
0: I'm definitely not the same so, guy I was in high school. That's no, for sure. No, no,
1: no. Come on, dog, please.
0: But he was a he was a guy that was hanging around with a bunch of drunk jocks, and we all remember drunk jocks. Yeah. And you, you know, you know, and that, that that environment, that 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 sort of inv- the environment of like being around a bun- bunch of drunk guys who were constantly one-upping each other. That's a that's a sketchy fucking environment, and that's the that's frat houses. So.
1: Well the Yale thing scared me That's when I thought you know those guys are rich boy kids don't mm-hmm. you know what happens They yep. get a little bit of money Everything's been covered up all their lives. Yeah, everything has yeah. been covered up all their lives You know when I was a kid. I knew this girl. They used to call her Mindy head and on Friday nights They get in a car and they drive it to like fucking Connecticut and tell us she had to suck all their dicks to get home God knows who that poor girl is today. Oh. Last time I saw it was 1993, getting coke in a building in Harlem. <laughs> and she's like, you got to save me. I'm with some guy in the car. He doesn't want to leave me alone. I'm like, listen, bitch, I'm walking to my car. I never saw you before in my life. <laughs> I swear to God, yeah. I bumped into her in a cop house on 181st Street, 10 years after high school. I'm in the fucking fourth floor with some Dominicans. I'm walking down the stairs, and there's Mindy Head. And she's what? like, what are you doing here? The same thing you're fucking doing here, obviously.
0: <sighs> you know? <laughs> What's fucked up is, for some people, their experiences in high school define them. You know, I just watched that uh, Stephen King movie, It, the, the mo- most recent one. With the clown? Yeah. Pretty fucking good. But wh- one of the things that I was thinking when I was watching it was, like, how fucking mean kids are in school to each other. I get, you kind of forget about that, and, you, and then you watch one of those movies about people being mean to people, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember g- going around to get away from a guy that was picking on me, that was fucking with me, and like you would be scared of running into him at the bus stop and scared of seeing him after school. And That's how I got into martial arts in the first place. I got tired of being scared. Scared of people. Scared I was in martial arts
1: up. and I was still fucking scared. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Too afterwards. The, the funniest thing about the movie it was that they fucked with clowns. <laughs> so two months later, a bunch of clowns got together and went on strike. They went downtown and they had a parade. Like, when uh, uh, not a parade? Uh, what do you call when people get together and and they fucking have signs? This is recently. This is right after that movie was released. In two thousand
0: seventeen. Whenever
1: that movie was released, a month later, two months later. A bunch of clowns in the in the California area got together downtown and picketed Stephen King because they were losing work as clowns. Oh, Christ. Because they had lost. A bunch of clowns got canceled. They lost all their clown season work or some shit.
0: I read the book a long time Which ago. Which one? It. I remember, it, I was like, man, how are they going to make a movie out of this? And they made a movie out of it way back in the day with John Boy from the Waltons. Remember the dude with the mole on his yeah. face? He had a ponytail in it. I watched it the other night on TV, just flipping through the channels, it was on. And it was after a couple days after I'd seen the the most recent version of it. It was hilariously bad. It was so stupid. But it was uh, John Boyd with the Waltons and might have been How many versions of that It movie did they make? They, was it just two? I don't think so. The first one was the first one with Tim the guy from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That well that was who the the clown was. Anyways. Yeah. It was so stupid. It was so it was like <laughs> it wasn't scary at all. I mean not not even remotely. But the new one was pretty fucking scary.
1: Well Stephen King dog is a fucking crazy motherfucker. We both read on writing.
0: Yeah. It's and we book. both
1: did you see him on Sons of Anarchy ever? No. He went they contacted him like we want you to be on Sons of Anarchy. He's like, listen. The only way I'll be on Sons of Anarchy is like, is like if I could ride my motorcycle. They had to go back and forth like we don't need you, is it? What did I just tell you? If I go on Sons of Anarchy, I gotta ride my motorcycle. So he played a creepy guy that makes you disappear after they kill you. Really? Like he comes in and measures you. Like you're on the floor dead, and he walk in, measure you, and tell you what he needs. I need a rope. I need some gasoline. I need a car. I also need a selection of 70s classic rock. And then you disappear, and when you come back, there's nothing there. And they walk him out, he tells you what you want, how much, 800 you pay him the 800 If you only have six, he'll look around the room, he'll just take like a statue,
2: and he'll just walk <laughs> out of your house,
1: ties a statue on the motorcycle. Look, look, look at him. him, he was classic on Sons uh, of Anarchy.
0: You know, uh, the, the crazy thing about him... Was his battle coming back from getting hit by that guy in a car? He was uh, walking. I think it was in Maine, right? He was walking and some guy wasn't paying attention and fucking hit him in his car and just destroyed his body. Like, just destroyed his body. Like, I mean, he was fucked up for a long time. In a motorcycle? On a motorcycle? Yeah. Shattered his. No, no, he was walking. He was just walking. And he got hit by a guy in a van.
1: When I read that, I think you turned me on to it. When I read that chapter on Carrie, how he had written half of Carrie and threw it away.
2: Mm-hmm. And his
1: wife found it and yeah. made him finish it. And it was about a girl with a period or something crazy. And I, I, like I was in shock. Great
0: book. Carrie is a great book. Great
1: Carrie and Cujo are my favorite Stephen King books. Cujo, to this day, I have it. I look at it and I respect it. It's like cocaine.
0: <laughs> I don't even open that book. I
1: just look at it and touch it from time to time, and I go, ooh, I don't know if I want to get into that thing. You know, it was a
0: great book that they did, like the, the, the movie version of it, it's just like, eh, was Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery is a book. There's some things about books. You know, I hate the cliche that books are better. Oh, the book's better. But what is interesting about books is there are certain things that you shouldn't really see. You should only imagine. Like they they work out better in in I mean, you're in your imagination. Like there's something much creepier about them in your imagination. And pet cemetery. I think you you
1: write cool. about something creepy you've done. Like whenever I have a hard time sleeping or something like that, something's going on with me. So instead of sitting in bed and having what's called insomnia, I get up and I write it up. When you read that back, it's like when I write about something I did as a kid, whether it's. Robbing Freddy at Putnam Fuel. When I was a kid, I used to rob this gas station every eight weeks. And you know, like when I was in West Palm Beach, a kid showed up. Kid showed up from high school. When I was in West Palm Beach, and he goes, "I will have something." And he goes, "This is a map you drew of us. We're about to rob a gas station in 1981." He still had the map. of Me with stick men.
0: <laughs> we would rob this. We would
1: rob this gas station every six well, to eight
0: stick weeks. Stick men coming from the left. I'll come in from the, left, in from the <laughs> north.
1: I don't even know what the fuck the point I'm trying to make was. I forgot it somewhere along the line.
0: But uh, write about things that you did that were we even when, when, when we were I write young. about
1: that and you read them, it's different. I yeah. for fuck you. Reading is fucking phenomenal yeah. to build imagination That's why when you read silence of the lambs and you watch the movie You got to get all everybody in that room and yeah. give them a big hug because they kept it honest They kept it real mm-hmm. when you read William Blakeley's the exorcist and then the exorcist has been on for the last two weeks on AMC and I've been watching bits and pieces of it and I can't applaud it more
0: you know because, Who's fucking great in that movie the priest?
1: That's Jackie Gleason's son-in-law.
0: Is it really? Yes. Wow. Who's
1: Jason Stu- who's Jason whatever's father?
0: Jason whatever? Who's that?
1: Wh- who he was in Sleepers with uh with uh with uh Brad Pitt, De Niro. He played the newspaper reporter. That's his fucking father. But Damien Karras plays the priest. That's Jackie Gleason's son-in-law. He married Jackie Gleason's daughter. And it's funny because last week I <laughs> I was in my office typing, and my wife called. She goes, I'm going to be home in 20 minutes with the baby. So I don't know what you're doing. I go, all right. So I went out to the living room, and I turned the TV on just to be out there because I know she's going to want to watch cartoons or whatever. And I saw the exorcisms, and I turned it on. And, dog, it came on when the priest comes to the door. Which, if I ever bump into that director, I will take his dick out and suck it. <laughs> because that's what real directing is. He scares you without showing you anything. Yeah. Remember, when the priest comes to the door, all you see is an image from the priest, and you don't see yeah. what his face looked like, and it, it scares you. But when he walks in, he takes this motherfucker, and the guy says to him, Can I get you something? How was your trip? Can I get you something? And he goes, Do you want some coffee? And he goes, No. Let's do this. And this guy's a psychiatrist. You have to watch it again. This Mm -hmm. guy's a psychiatrist. Not only is he a priest, and he starts dropping psycho, and the priest looks at him and goes, knock it off. The devil is cunning. He'll attack you psychological like nobody else. Do not listen to him. And he just breaks it down. And then the guy says to him, do you want to know the three levels of manifestation? And he looks at him and he goes, no. There's only one. Satan is saint dog it's just right there you're like so my daughter walks in while it's on the five-year-old walks in and she sits on my lap and she's a bible beater i don't know if you know this that mercy's a bible beater she loves anything with god and you know i got a little fucking thing she gave me with jesus a fish yeah mercy (laughs) my daughter's a bible beater even though she goes to fucking public school she'll come home and tell me they didn't talk about god today So she's watching (laughs) this whole manifestation of these two priests talking about God is powerful, God's gonna kill Satan, da 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 And all of a sudden, they walk into the room and she's sitting up, and she's like (laughs) My daughter caught, it took her like 30 seconds to just look at me, and she just ran out of the room. (sighs) Like, she doesn't know who Satan is, nothing. She just ran out of the room. This is one of the scariest movies, one of the finest movies. She elevates herself, comes down. What about when they so they do the first thing, they walk out, and what about when they walk back in and he's a he's a doctor, so he's checking her heart. And she turns into the mother in the hospital and starts saying, Dear me, why you do this to me? And and the priest told him, Don't listen to him that the devil's cunning. You know, and all of a sudden, what about when he comes in and he goes, Father, How about sparing five cents for an old altar boy? Because the devil started. I mean, bro, you have to watch it. And while all this is going on, you have to remember that there's a murder going on. Because the first night when she came down, before the devil came in, some guy was talking shit. A Nazi was talking shit. A Jewish guy was talking shit about a Nazi or something. And she comes down and pees and says, you're going to die, motherfucker. She she said you're going to
0: die up there to an astronaut, wasn't it? Wasn't he an astronaut?
1: He was something downstairs. Didn't
0: she say something like that? You're going to die up there?
1: No, no, he was downstairs. They were in the living room and they were singing yeah, like a... But
0: didn't she... She was talking to a guy who was an astronaut and she I'm said, not you're sure. going to die she just said, you're
1: going to die. And then she peed the carpet. Yeah. And then... It was a dinner party. And then a couple nights later, they found the guy on the bottom of the stairs, but it couldn't have been a girl because they twisted his neck all the way right, around. Right, right, yeah. So it had to be a man. And that's why you, you have to watch that movie when the cop comes to talk to her mother, who's a that famous movie, a long, actress.
0: Like, the last time I watched it was, like, five or six years ago. It's first one. It's a deep, dark. Great movie. That girl got fucked up doing that movie, you know.
1: Bro, listen. How can they make a 12-year-old girl stick across my pussy? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about yeah, the yeah, truth yeah. now. She stuck across my pussy, took it out, grabbed her mother by the ears put her, and said, suck it, eat me, let yeah. me. Yeah, All right, and then picked her up and smacks her and throws her across the fucking room. She says,
0: your mother sucks cocks in hell. That's what she told the one priest. you, <laughs>
1: I saw that in the movie theater. Yeah. Shame on them. Like, if I could sue the Union City Cinema today, I would sue them. Because <laughs> they didn't check my ID. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. They took my $2 and let me, th- they threw me to the fucking walls. But I also what saw uh, What is what, her name again? Linda Blair. Blair. Linda Blair. She showed up twenty years later. She started hanging out with Rick James. Oh man. She she showed up twenty years later with Rick James. I wonder <sighs> what Linda Blair is doing today. But oh. I hope they paid her a lot of money because she never really recovered from that. No. She never really worked after that. It's tough to get work after you put a cross in your pussy. <laughs> I mean, that's Ginger Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> It's something to get a commercial for fucking X. Yeah,
0: yeah, well, it's also people never forget you were that person. Like, it's very difficult for people to have a, a changed perception. Oh, of when you. she
1: walks down the stairs. Yeah, backwards. What about when her head spins around yeah. in front of the priest? I mean, oh, she. Yeah. Just, it's just too out there for a movie. They can never. They think of remaking that every once in a while, and yeah. they look at each oh, other. Yeah. Look at it.
0: Jesus Christ. That was a creepy fucking movie. And you got to realize that back then, there was nothing like this before this movie. This movie was so extreme. Like, there had been horror movies before, but it was like Frankenstein or Dracula. They were kind of scary... But they weren't bloody there there was nothing like this movie. This movie was so over the top and people a lot of people at the time are like this The movie represented something it represented a changing of boundaries that people these young kids these people today Like what the fuck are they doing? What kind of movies are they making? I I
1: remember being I remember being in Catholic school And they were just pissed they were telling us not to go see it we weren't allowed to go see it. I, bro, That's. <laughs> I was right there when the movie got released, and I had to see it. And it course. And it, and as soon it, as
0: they tell you you can't see it, you're, right, you're going to see it. It
1: blew my fucking... That's where I saw Rocky, where everybody was on their feet yelling for Rocky. This is when America was different. Everybody was yelling, Rocky. And I also saw The Longest Yard there, the original. And, and this was a movie theater that was... Basically Irish, Italian, and Cuban. But they they talked. They yelled at the screen. You know, they threw things at the screen. And when the fucking Longest Yard, when Burt Reynolds was coming back, the whole place was on their feet. This is a great movie theater. And they let you in. They played the last movie at 1130. I saw, you know how many times I saw Into the Dragon in there? The late movie. My mother would let me walk up there. Because it was on 48th Street. And my mother's bar was on 29th Street, and she'd go, go, go ahead. I saw everything there. Fist of Fury, The Outlaw Josie Wales, all those fucking movies I saw there. And even they played. I'd just go there as a Spanish kid and watch it and learn the language and loved it.
0: They had limitations in what they could do with special effects. And so because of that, you had to accomplish much more, with, even with American Werewolf in London. Right. The original. The original. What year was that, mate? I want to say 81, if I'm going to guess. What year was it? Was it 81? Um, The special effects, even though they were groundbreaking for the time, like when he's lying down on the floor and his body's stretching out, he's like, ah, and he's turning into the wolf like that shit when his face is stretching out. I mean, those are groundbreaking special effects. Like, no, no one had ever seen anything like that.
1: This I enjoyed. This I enjoyed. It's watching a movie now, and thirty percent of it, forty percent of it, is CGI. Yeah, yeah well, that's it what I'm It drives I was me say. fucking crazy. I watched that Underworld. That shit drives me crazy. The other day. Which one? Underworld. With Kevin Costner.
0: No, no, no. That was oh, with that the hot girl, the the vampire. And the the, the, the lichens What's versus the, hot girl, the vampire. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus yeah.
1: Christ, she's <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> she's tremendous. She's <laughs> tremendous. She's so hot. She's just <laughs> tremendous.
3: But I fell movies. in love
1: with her with the movie when she got caught with heroin with Claire Danes at the jail in Thailand.
2: Oh, that's yeah. how long I've been
1: in love with her. What movie I go was that? deep with her. With her and Claire Danes, Kate Beckinsale, uh, something they both fell in love with the same guy and he put heroin on him and he put him in a prison.
0: So I was flipping to the channels while I was broke down out. palace. Ah, oh, there it is. When I was doing that, uh, I'm doing this fucking fitness channel, this fitness challenge with Ari and Bert and Tom, and uh, I'm just watching anything I can on TV while I'm on the elliptical machine or the rower or whatever the fuck I'm doing, and I was watching one of the Underworld movies, and I realized there's like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many fucking Underworld world movies has there been? It's
1: at least four. Oh, there's more than that. How many has she been? At? All of them. Yeah. No. She's the, she's
0: the main star. Yeah. They're so stupid. <laughs> the fucking one that I saw, I mean, it was like deep in she has a daughter now and there's five of them. I don't know which one I saw, but uh, I, think I think I saw the first two. Yeah, I think the one and I was after watching that I got was a little
1: out of control for me. That was it.
0: I think I was watching Blood Wars. It was so dumb. But anyway, um, the CGI, the werewolves are so corny. They show you too much. It looks fake. And the thing about an American werewolf in London is they showed you little quick snippets of the thing before it would kill people. And it was just enough. Like, look at that. They look so stupid. <laughs> it just looks fake. Like, CGI just does not look. And that was something that Pat McGee, the guy who made that the werewolf out there in the lobby, it's what he had told me. He's like, when you see, your your brain can tell that's not real. Like, even if it looks really good. Your brain can tell it's not real. He's like, what your brain like if your brain sees special effects like makeup, like that kind of stuff, like like a a face that's been done with like prosthetics and teeth and fangs. Your brain says, oh, that's a real thing. That's a thing that's right in front of you. Yeah, look, Mm. these werewolves are so corny. When they're running, looks fake. Their shadows look fake. But pull up scene from American Werewolf in London, like uh, uh, like the actual werewolf. They, they had very, very quick scenes. You didn't see much of the werewolf. It was, like, very fast. Like, you see it running through the streets of London. You see it snapping at things. Like, in that one, that's in the beginning when they, yeah. they first got jacked by the wolf. Jesus. Yeah, like this. Give me some volume. Here, put the, put the headphones on. Back it up for a second. Back it up. So they're running. Scared me, you shithead. Mm -hmm. You're gonna help me up, or what?
2: (laughs) Jack. Jack.
0: He didn't see much. Well, here's Why the are problem. smiling, Jamie. <laughs> here's That's the Corny. Problem. Yeah. It's
3: 1981. I know. Uh, I remember seeing it when I was here's a Here's the problem, but, Joe
1: Rogan. You said it best a couple minutes ago. That the, the the thing that pisses me off the most is in today's the whole movie business. I grew up on the movies. I'm a fucking immigrant kid. I love movies. Remember when they have Tony Montana? in the fucking detention thing, and he goes, how'd you learn how to speak Spanish and English? Because yeah. I watched a movie circle, and he's like, bro, what, Cubans, anybody.
0: Felipe Esparza you know, told me that. He learned from watching TV. Everybody,
1: everybody. So you watch TV. The problem that happens somewhere between 85, maybe 87, and today is the disconnect of the director. And you would asking me, Joey, what's the disconnect of the director? The imagination. I just watched something on Scarface. I almost called you because it was so interesting about the dilemmas they had with Scarface when they gave it an an, an X rating. Scarface came out. Pacino said that at the release, at the party of Scarface, he just sank. People were getting up and leaving 20 at a bunch. They took Joan Collins aside and they said to Jones Collins, what did you think of the movie? And she goes, I left after... No, she goes... I think a 100 fucks is enough fucks for a person's lifetime.
2: <laughs>
1: like they were so, but they showed.
2: <laughs> that's
1: enough for a person's lifetime. I left after a half. They counted how many fucks he said and all this stuff, but that's not my point. The point is that when they, uh, the guy that directed it had to go in front of a board. It's a big difference about me showing, uh, Chainsaw going through your arm, then you seeing it, and then seeing your face, and you bleed. You follow me. Yeah, yeah. The right. That's why they had to go to that. That was better. That yes, you know they had the X rating. You know when that's a beautiful story. This it's supposed to be, me, you, and him, and he's supposed to make the decision. The director brought violent specialists, psychiatrists but he brought a hundred witnesses. They were there all fucking day. To prove his point, to take it from an X-rated movie to an R-rated movie. When you watch Once Upon a Time in the West, Sergio Leone was the king of the directors because he gave you the decision to, to decide. Are you with me? He gave it to you. When Charles Bronson gets off the train, the beginning of Once Upon a Time in America, and there's three dudes waiting and the train goes by and all of a sudden it stops. And all of a sudden you hear a harmonica, and you hear Charles Bronson going, and they look up and they see Charles Bronson. But they're not, they're not looking, it's not focusing on Charles Bronson. Sergio Leone's fucking with you. He keeps showing you this fucking thing that keeps going, eh, eh. Like, take me back, Sergio Leone. Let me watch this gunfight. He gave you imagination. Mm. Directors gave you imagination. They gave you a split second to decide whether what was going to happen. Now, I know the story before it happens. The director was something special. That's why Sergio Leone, those guys, those spaghetti westerns, were genius. Because they gave you, are you yeah. with me? Yeah yeah, you gave me a second to split the side. Yeah, you had to think about what's it. going on. I didn't I don't that scene, I could have put it in his arm. Or showed Pacino's face.
0: Well, you remember High Plains Drifter? Tremendous. Yeah. Is that the one where he's a ghost and he yeah. comes back? Yeah. And paints it. No, paint time. No, no, no. It's High That's not. Is that High Plains Drifter? Am I getting the wrong name? One. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about Mitzu. the one that where Mitzu. he comes back as a ghost. Right. That's the one. Yeah. High Plains. Uh, was it Hang 'em uh, High? I don't know if it was Hang 'em High. I don't
1: think. What's the one where he has the shield underneath, and he knows they only shoot for the heart? And they keep shooting at him, and he falls down. And they shoot at him, and he falls down. They shoot
3: at him, and he falls down. He falls down.
0: I don't remember. And, Jamie, Google Clint Eastwood comes back I as a ghost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go oh, yeah. ahead. High Plains Drifter. Yeah, It yeah. is High Plains Drifter. Yeah. There
3: you go. I'll just it in the description for some reason. Yeah. Um, part ghost story, part revenge West. The
0: thing says. about that movie is, like, you don't realize, it's like, they don't spell it out for the dummies that he's a ghost. So
3: is it like Six Sense, then?
0: No. Okay. Like, you have to figure it out. At the end of the movie, if I remember correctly, it's been a long time since I saw it. But at the end of the, the, end of the film, they sort of lay it out in the beginning. The beginning they show, God, I, I, I might be wrong here. I feel like at the beginning of the movie is them beating him and killing him. They whip him. and At the end of the movie, you kind of realize it's him coming back towards the end of the movie. But it's not like specifically spelled out like there was a curse and he came back to hunt this town and kill everyone. It wasn't that cornball. So if you go back to like the older movies, you go back to like, you know, like a Frankenstein or a Dracula type film, they spelled things out like they treated you like you were a dumbass and they spelled things out and they eventually stopped doing that and they put mystery and imagination in films and then... Somewhere along the line, at least with like modern blockbusters, if I had to guess, I would say part of the problem is there's so much money involved in these movies. If you're going to make a film and, you know, it's some gigantic thing with special effects and the studio is dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into it, they want a return on their money.
3: I saw people discussing that. I think Johnny Depp was just. I don't know, kicked off isn't the right word, but he's not going to be in the next Pirates movie, I guess. <laughs> and they were discussing under the, like in the comments section, like it was the word last one was the worst one that of the of the lot. And they yeah. spent three hundred thirty million dollars on the budget, but it made eight hundred million. And they're like, that's a fail. Some people are saying like that's a failure.
0: Yeah, for them, like it's a failure. Five
3: hundred million is a is not good.
0: Well, Johnny's
3: off the rails right
0: now. So. He yeah, shaved his head. Yeah. Johnny Depp. He looks like he weighs thirty five pounds. He shaved his head. Falling fallen out of his jeans. Whenever you get, like, two tattoos of a woman you only been married to for, like, six months, these are all bad signs. Joe Rogan, this is a
1: very rough town to live. Ego is a motherfucker. People blowing smoke up your ass is a motherfucker. Sure. I mean, this guy's spending uh, half a million dollars a month on wines.
0: Yeah. You know, I
1: don't know exactly. <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I know that when, when the account... I, I read... The accountant said parts. thirty
0: they say they said that he was spending thirty thousand dollars and he goes, it was a lot more. He was joking around about it. It was a lot more than that. Like look at these pictures of him now. Stay humble or be humbled. He's wearing a shirt. Dude, you're fifty five years old. Why the fuck would you wear that shirt? Well, who's walking around meanwhile I got a Derek Lewis. My balls was hot shirt on. <laughs> But, look, these, these, like, fucking inspirational quotes you expect to see on some stripper's Instagram page, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be wearing those when you're Johnny Depp, okay? This is, this is outrageous, Johnny Depp. And Why are you wearing this, that on a shirt?
1: And I heard that this last movie he did, Mucho problemas. Mucho what? Problemless." A lot of
0: problems. A lot of problems. What was the movie? The Tupac movie.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, but it's on shelves, Right, they're not putting it out. Is something. he the Is cop? It on shelf? Yeah, they're not putting it out. No. Uh, or at least for right now, it's not coming out. Is he a cop?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, he cop. plays the cop that broke. Uh, if you, were, I forget the. That's a good book. Yeah. The whatever I forget, I have it at the house. He plays the cop, and I heard that there was a lot of little that in the word got out. That's it.
0: Well. You know, Johnny Depp at one point in time, when he had done that, that movie Dead Man. Do you remember Dead Man? No. Interesting movie. It was a weird black and white movie about a guy who was riding a fucking train across the West. Uh, he was talking in an interview about how he, he wants to do interesting projects. He goes, I'll, I'll never be Blockbuster Boy then he became Blockbuster Boy.
1: But, but he's badass in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, look, he's look. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Phenomenal. I love him. Phenomenal. phenomenal.
0: Phenomenal.
1: Phenomenal. He's really good. The chick is good. I love him. He's
0: a great actor.
1: They cut him loose. He made a ton of money for them. They did five fucking movies. I but, you know, he's
0: boys with Stanhope. Right, and right. And essentially, Johnny Depp. Oh, these fucking motherfuckers with their... Everybody thinks you're going to spend money on their website. Guess what? We're not. We're not paying to read your fucking website. We're not. Johnny Depp, what does it say? And Biggie, Tupac movie, abruptly pulled from release. Force Whitaker in it, too, it looks like. Mm. Yeah. Like a month before it was supposed to come out, they just pulled it. Well, it must suck. They don't pull it if it's awesome. But the point is, you know, Stan Hope's boys with him, and he's like, he said that once he did those Pirates movies, he couldn't go anywhere. It was over. He can't go to restaurants. He can't go anywhere. He just can't go anywhere. He he hit that upper echelon of fame where it's almost there's no turning back. When you know you get like Michael Jackson type frame. you just get crazy. You, your your world is just it's no one can relate to you.
1: What were they giving yeah. him per movie? He was making like thirty million a movie with back end and everything.
0: I, I bet, bet he was making more than that. More
1: than that, right? Yeah, that's. He's got like eighteen houses, a boat. That yeah, costs 30, he's got fourteen houses. You know,
0: I, mean, I remember when I was in Colorado. Someone said he had a ranch out there. I go, "Does he ever go there?" He goes, "No, no." He just has a ranch. <laughs> what
1: about <laughs> when I house sat for the guy that owned TGIF Fridays? He was on the board of directors. Did you? Yeah, when I lived on four uh, thirty-five Faraway Road in Snowmass Village, Colorado, I house sat, and the guy. The two years I was there, he came a week and a half. He came for three days, and his daughters came for three days. They spent 2000 on booze. They all got drunk, and they left two days later. And I was talking to the daughter, and she's like, Yeah, this is my dad's got houses all Name over it. the place. He had three in Colorado alone, like Cresta Butte, Snowmass Village, and he had a house on the other side to ski over there because he liked two different types of powder. Yeah.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, no, well, no. It's that that world when people get that <coughs> famous, when they get that rich, when they get that, to the point where they live in some sort of weird la land.
1: He had a brand new Jeep delivered every year, and part of my agreement was I had to drive it like 50 miles a month. To keep make sure because when he came to town he didn't want no problems with none of his houses right so he had a different fucking house sitter at every and if you don't do a
0: background check on you
1: no i listen to me i fucking grandfathered into the house because my buddy from jersey had it and his girlfriend came out to visit and he knocked her up but the guy was difficult to get a hold of because he was in england and whatnot so my friend just said to me, just, just move and don't say dick. <laughs> and when he comes in, he'll see it's you and tell him I had to leave and shit, keep my deposit. So I stayed there for like two months, and he came, and he's like, who the fuck are you? And I told him what had happened and that we couldn't get a hold of him because he was in England. And he asked me for a couple names. I, w- I had already lived in Snowmass for about a year. I left and then came back. So I had a couple of nice references for him. He gave me the thing and then left. And I was not allowed in his home. So part of the deal was I had an apartment over the garage. I could use his car. And it was 18 hours a month of either shoveling snow or 18, 18 hours a month of work. or So it was essentially uh, shoveling snow in the winter and mowing the lawn in the summer. He would give me little assignments like paint the wall or whatever. I would do keep the trim up and shit. But it was zero rent. I think he paid me eight hundred a month. And I got to get a day job and ski and shit like that. Though, did I ever tell you it was a volunteer fireman?
0: You are a volunteer fireman?
1: Because all right, so cocaine was eighteen hundred an ounce at the time in snowmass. My buddy said he'd get it to me for eight hundred in Jersey. So I would go back and forth and I was making all this dough on it. The people found out the guy that they blew up. They, they they put a pipe bomb in this guy's car and they blew him up. His name was Stephen Graybo. He left a big gap in this fucking drug place. So I was they gonna, kill him. Oh yeah, they killed this poor bastard
0: in Colorado.
1: In Aspen, thirty six days before he was to stand trial for, they could never get him for cocaine. He was making six million every six weeks. I spoke about this on here. Six for,
0: million every, every six, six weeks, weeks.
1: in nineteen eighty four. They arrested him the first time. In 83, they brought him to Denver. They found $9 million altogether cash. Then in 84 was when he went every night he'd work out. He was a good looking dude that kept in shape. He had 20 different cars. And every night he'd give the guy at the door $5 to start the car. The night the guy took the night off. He started his own car. They put a pipe bomb in his car and blew him up. Whoa. He lived. He made it all the way to the hospital. But something went so deep up his ass <laughs> that he had just bled to death, <laughs> so it left this gap, so this guy approached him, and then he's like, "Man, these people are mad at you. they want to do business with you. you're cutting them out. So I had to talk to them, and they said, "Listen for you to buy we we never do a face to face, so they have an Aspen club, and they have a place called the see if the Aspen Club is still you know. In those days these places were a thousand a month to walk in. And I knew a girl that used to go to the Aspen Club and she used to tell me she used to take showers right next to Barbie Benton. Remember Barbie Benton? And then yeah. Barbie Benton had a beautiful bush. <laughs> she would tell me every night Barbie Benton's got a beautiful fucking bush. It's perfect. So there's the Aspen Club and the Snowmass Club. Snowmass Club has golfing, you know, condos around the thing. It was like nine hundred a month to be a member. I couldn't have been a member, so the only way I could become a member was by being a volunteer fireman, and they'd give you admission. In. So for 90 days, I had to train, you know, go up two flights, this thing on a ladder, carry a rope. But basically, it was putting out, when tourists come, they don't know how to fucking turn on a fireplace, so they clean out the shards, and they put them in, and then these people would put them in a the dumpster. So 10 wow. out of 10, all you're doing is dumpster, dumpster fires. That's all you're doing. But you got access to the snowmass club. So basically, had, it was walking to the snowman's club, give the girl the $10,000, put on your gym clothes, work out, and by the time you got back to your locker, the Coke was in the locker. It was all in. They were all in. Everybody, Everybody was involved. In. Everybody was involved.
0: So the girl that worked, is, that she was
1: getting a piece? <laughs> Whoever knew. All you had to do was, hi, how you doing, Joey? Yeah, okay.
0: Wow. And
1: then later on, I'd go in the locker. The, the Coke would be there. I'd get like a half... Eight ounces, you know, I was no dealer, and I'd take it home. But then I started getting coked up, and every time there was a fire, I went to, like, two fires. <laughs> and there were both dumps, and there's a 16 idiots with a full fire hose. I'm like, is this necessary? <laughs> they even gave me, like, a little fire truck, like a little uh, Toyota truck with, like, a bell on it to go to the fires. After, like, the third fire, I stopped showing up. <laughs> <laughs> For two months, they go, where are you? Zero to base, where are you? Listen, I'm snorting coke, getting my dick sucked. You want me to go put on a fire in a dumpster? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) They came over and took the dumpster. And then I went to work for this other dude. Dick. There was three dicks. The guy I worked for was Dick Self, Dick Kelly, and Dick Dune was the mayor. So I had a buddy who used to go, you're surrounded by dick. Dick, dick, dick. So Dick Kelly had one of those snow companies and they wanted me to go, and I don't know what they called Joe Rogan, so straighten me out.
0: It's a high-low that
1: shovels snow.
0: What's a high-low? A high-low in a the, the warehouse. Zzz, oh, okay, like a little shit. small truck that pushes snow around.
1: So he was another poor bastard that made a mistake and hired me that winter. <laughs> and yeah, I had to be there at 4 in the morning. 4 in the morning, I'm on my second grandma blow. He'd be in front of my house beeping, bam, bam, bam. I would tell him to go fuck himself. I'm not working tonight. <laughs> he came and took his truck. I was on a roll up there.
0: I was on a fucking roll. For like, uh, for guys two. Guys who years. plowed snow, guys who had snow trucks, when it would snow out, man, that was, it. you weren't getting any sleep. Uh, there was a, a bunch of guys that I knew.
1: In Colorado also? No, in oh, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, that's a business. It's yeah. a business in the wintertime. You know, as soon as you just hear snow, business. those people start fucking getting happy.
0: And people would look out their window with their coffee, making sure you're out there burr, with the truck burr, up the driveway, pushing snow around. My buddy Jimmy, he had a—that was one of his side businesses. He was an electrician, a side business. He had a he had a plow on his pickup truck, and he would just fucking plow people out and do people's driveways.
1: You know, it's, I was. I went home this year, March 20th. I went home to Jersey. I had to do a show one night in Nyack. And me and Ari hooked up in the city. We had an edible. We walked around the city in the snow. It just started to snow, you know. And by the time I got up the next morning, it snowed like a foot. I'd never seen anything like that. Like, when I was a kid in Jersey, if it snowed, that shit was there. Like, that shit stayed for stayed four there. days. There was no school.
0: Stacked up on the side of the road. Stacked up on
1: the sidewalk. Now, Dirty snow. Bro, my town won't let a fucking ounce of snow land. Not an inch. Really? They're yeah, fucking tremendous. That night, the roads were clean. The East Coast. I'll never forget how, when I left Jersey in 83, like, if it snowed. Like, let's say if it snowed and I had to take the bus up here, I would just call you and say, Joe, it's snowing. And you'd expect me at 11. And, you know, everything was late. Whenever it snowed in Jersey, here's this big metropolitan area, New York City, and it snowed in crippled cripple the city. They didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Newspapers wouldn't come. People get pissed off, the New York Post. I remember moving to Snowmass and getting a job at uh, Aspen Electric. And that meant I had to get on the bus in Snowmass, go to the bottom of the Hill Transfer, and shoot the bus to Snowmass. I did this, and I remember the first time we got. I woke up one day, and you know, in Colorado, you wake up one morning, there's 12 inches, it's just another day. Just another day. And I remember in the, 1983, they couldn't fucking clean up New York. But I'll never forget that morning, waking up in Aspen, like at 6.30 in Snowmass, and going, then I can expect me till about 10. And I walked in there at 10. The people are like, Where the fuck have you been? And I'm like, It snowed out, the buses are running late. And they go, Everybody else here came on the bus, and they all got here on time. They fucking busted me right out. Like, Colorado was that far
0: ahead of the game. Well, they're just so used to it.
1: They were so... But, like, here, here I was living in this m- big metropolitan city right. that four inches crippled.
0: Did, in Colorado, did they throw down salt?
1: They throw down something, yes. They throw down something because when you wash your car in Colorado, they push to do the underwater carriage, the, the prevention, because rust... Yeah. Rust travels fast in
0: Colorado. In Boston, too, that salt, the salt they put on the, the road. The salt puts on them. But You'd buy old cars, and uh, in the fenders, you know, in the back of the fenders, like at the corner, that's where the salt would pile up, and you'd always have rust there. You'd always have, like, these big pockets of rust in the corner. Of, like, Is that from, a muscle from car. rock salt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why California cars, <clears throat> everybody just wanted a rust-free California car. If you were buying a muscle car, like a, an older, you know, hot rod... You'd find a rust-free California car. Oh, California! Don't salt. Big thing was salt. Destroy cars. Destroy the frame. Destroy everything. That salt get up in there and just sit there, and just rot away the metal. You got
1: to take the metal, buff it out, would like edge it out, and then you would have to spray rustoleum on it, and then you would have to. Because I would see the guys in Colorado mm-hmm. how they would fix the cars, and they would take like a missing bumper, cut it strategically, weld it in. And then you buff mm-hmm. that in, you colored, you buffed, yep. you kept putting primer on it, and that's how they got the, the, the rust out of all those yeah. cars in
0: Colorado. Well, I forgot about of, Jersey. A lot of body work, man. A lot of uh, East Coast cars had a tremendous amount of body work. If you wanted a constant job fixing cars, body work was always good. Not just because of accidents, but also just because of rust work.
1: Now, is the rust a product of the humidity also? On sure, the East Coast, because Colorado that. wasn't that humid, and uh, right. you see a little bit of rust from the.
0: Yeah, Colorado, you're getting it from moisture. You're getting it from salt. I'm sure if they salt the roads, but the East Coast, you're definitely getting. more. You know, there's a, a variety of factors that cause cars to rust out. Older cars, but if you can find an old rust-free car, you now that is like, that's what everybody wants. You know, you find a 1968 Camaro that's rust-free. Like whoa. You know, it's a beautiful thing about Corvettes—they didn't rust. They were made out of fiberglass. So you get an old Corvette; most of the bodies were pretty good if it wasn't cracked, it wasn't damaged because they didn't rust.
1: <clears throat> I remember cutting myself on one of those fiberglass Corvettes one time. My mm. leg, or something—I ran past them. It's broken. This, is, this is the 70s, right? The they 70s. had them in the 70s. Yeah, the 70s. My '65
0: fiberglass. My '65 Corvette—that thing's fiberglass.
1: Why did they fiberglass them to make make it lighter, lighter, right?
0: And because they can make cooler shapes. If you look at a 1965 Corvette, that shape is let me look at fantastic. it. Fantastic. Let me look at it. <clears throat> Pull up mine. I, well, uh, I, I,
1: I think I have an idea how it looks like. It looks like a Sportster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one. The 65. The six. Yes.
0: Well, the, the the fenders have curves to them. Everything has curves. It's like such a curvy car. And if you had to do that all by banging out metal, and there's mine.
3: Like, yeah, look at the right, fucking right, right, right.
0: humps and the curves in that thing. Just the fenders alone. Like, there's so much. That's when I had my gross old wheels. Blech. I got rid of those stupid wheels. <clears throat> but the the, the the shape of those things, man. I mean, I mean, they could do that with metal, but there's so many complicated curves to it. Just the curve of the door to the fender, or the back fender. And. Now you're fucking... a
1: fan of the car. Oh, How does car. this car compare as a drive? That's like... not
0: a that's not a real I mean if you if you drove a regular 1965 Corvette, they're sloppy, their suspension's sloppy, the brakes are dog shit. Oh, this one here? That thing's not a regular. That thing's what's called a resto mod. So what that is is a 1965 Corvette, but it has a 2007 corvette engine in it that's supercharged and then it has an entirely modern suspension everything is modern coil overs modern brakes big ass corvette brakes big fucking fat wide tires with sticky rubber on them that thing doesn't handle anything like an old car that thing handles like a new car as much as you can get a car like that to handle like a new car
1: how much do you drive it
0: i drive that fucker all the time i take it to the, the store all the time you ever seen me take that thing to the store? No. You should go for a ride with me. It's so fun. I don't think I'd fit in one of those fucking You'd things. Fit they that. were made for more people. <laughs> You'd fit. In the 65, they were fucking things, you know. No, no, no. You'd fit in that Remember thing. when Tony
1: Soprano trying to get in Johnny's Sex? What's the what's the Italian car line? Lamborghini? Oh,
0: did he have Ferrari or Lamborghini? Ferrari Maserati. Maserati. I don't remember. Yeah. And
1: he, he tried, couldn't fit in it. He <laughs> couldn't fit in it and shit. They don't make those for skinny Italians. That, that, that fucking... <sighs>
0: Yeah, but those uh, you know, when you're making a car out of fiberglass. You know, it's pretty weird.
1: Just to go back to that lady that quit high school when she was 16, that she was one of the most wealthiest people in the world, like one. The, of the Chinese
0: most, lady, yeah.
1: Yeah, whatever her name was, we pronounce it wrong. It's so weird how much stock we put in high school. Mm-hmm. How much stock is really in high school? Like right now, you have children. I don't know about high school. Like, I don't know. I'm, the, the, I don't know about high school still. And I don't know. I, I've met so many people who have quit high school that have done better with their lives. I thought when I quit high school, I was done. I was fucking done. That was the, one of the worst points of my life. I remember I wasn't going to get a tattoo. I wanted to get like an Ozzy Osbourne, has Ozzy on his fingers. <sighs> I wasn't going to get Coco on both fingers. COCO. And I remember walking up there that day and going, you know what, pal? So wait a second. I'm going to get a nausea, or a cocoa f- tattoo on my fingers, and I'm going to quit high school? Like, what am I going to be my chances of really doing anything? Like, I would already quit high school, and now I'm going to put tattoos on my fingers. I'm never going to do anything with my life. That's mm-hmm. why I chickened out from tattoos, you know.
0: Because you're afraid you're going to be a loser? In
1: 1982, a tattoo was not a work of art. A tattoo was you went to jail. Yeah. You killed somebody.
0: See?
2: But he had that in
1: 69. He's had that in 69. He was cooler than fuck. He was Ozzy Osbourne. I wasn't no Ozzy Osbourne. Right. I was just some fucking drugged-out criminal. Yeah. But I knew that if I quit high school... And put COCO, I was doomed for
2: life. <laughs>
1: like on both hands, I was going to be doomed. This is a true story, bro. Like I, I remember still you? walking to the tattoo place. It was in Clipside Park. And how much weight they put on high school. And like I quit high school my junior year. Was I good at it? Yes, I was very good at it. I was very good at school. I just had to quit school because of necessity. Uh, I had no parents. You know, I had to quit fucking high school, you mm-hmm. know. And it's so weird how many people over the years I've read. And the only reason why I got my GED, let me tell you something. I refused to get my GED. Because if I would have failed my GED, I would have killed myself. Like, if you quit high school and then fail your GED, you're really doomed for mm. life. I didn't even want to know about the GED thing. But when I got arrested, you got to have a GED because you get an extra point to your sentence thing. Like, this is a variable that adds to you not going to prison for that long. So if you get arrested and you don't have a GED and you're not working at the time of your arrest, this all counts towards your sentencing guidelines. So the only reason why I took that GED fucking thing, because I was petrified of taking it, Joe Rogan.
2: Because
1: mm. once you fail your GED, there ain't no coming back. So I got tattoo on my fingers, I fucking <laughs> quit high school, and... I fucking failed the first GED thing. Like, I would have died. Like, I I studied hard for my GED. I bought the fucking thing. I took a night class with a bunch of people who didn't speak English. I studied hard. I passed my GED with flying colors. But it's so weird how they put such a stress on it when I was growing up. And I know tons of kids that sophomore year said, my father owns a fucking mechanic garage, or we have a fruit company, or... My father is in the stock market. He's getting me a job. And I know these kids saying they're doing fine. I just saw one in West Palm Beach that he was one of the first guys to quit school. And I was, like, worried about him. Like, Ugh, how the fuck do you quit school?
0: He's doing fine. He's rich as fuck now. Well, quitting an education, like getting, quitting learning, is what's real scary. Quitting school. The problem with school is school, like, standardized education, right? The education that they would like you to get. Is you go through school, you get out of high school, you go to a good college, you get a degree, and then you go to graduate school. And then you're a real success. But there's a lot of people that did that, that they, there was no job for them. They, they have graduate degrees, and they're not doing well. And it's just, it's not, a, it's not a guarantee. And especially in this weird fucking economy. The problem with a guy like you, or a problem with a guy like me, is that we're never going to have regular jobs. It was never going to work. We're too fucked up. For whatever reason we're both fucked up for different reasons Bro, i quit every fucking job I every had. job i've never had a job that's four days me. i was like why am Don't i doing i can sell an eight ball
1: and make 50 bucks i gotta sit yeah i gotta wash dishes like i wash dishes for
0: four months but nobody recognized that you <coughs> had the potential to be an entertainer nobody ever says like you could be an entertainer you're a funny entertaining guy nobody ever brings that up as a, a viable job option meanwhile it's obviously a giant job option. All of our friends that are like you or I, that are, are comics, they're all, they were all fuck-ups in high school. They all barely made it through whatever job they had. They hated every second of it, and they all thought they were losers. That's one thing we all have in common. We were all worried that we were going to be a loser. But none, no one, none of us had someone who said, Hey, Joey, you're fucking funny, man. You could be a comic. Try being a comic. Go to an open mic night. Give it a shot. You know how much comics make a weekend? A comic with headline at a club in the weekend, Mike made $1,500. You'd be like, what? $1,500 for telling jokes? Like, yeah, $1,500. And you'd be like, that is crazy. And you talk about what regular people were making, busting their ass all week. You could just show up on a Friday, do two shows on a Friday, two shows on a Saturday, one show on Sunday, and you'd make $1,500. You'd get home, and a lot of times it was cash. You would be like, w- w- How do I g- how do I do this job? Well, you gotta start off as a nah. mic night. You gotta become a- an apprentice.
1: It's so weird how I could look you in the face and tell you something. I knew my freshman year in high school. You ready? Yeah. I knew one thing for sure. What? I did not want a day job.
0: No job. Me? No,
1: too. no, no. Yeah. I didn't say that. I wanted a job. But not a job. Where knew- you sit in an office. No, no. There was no day job in no. my future. I was either going to be a bartender, a waiter. I was going to work in a warehouse. like a, uh, There was a company, White Rose and Sea Caucus. It was a frozen warehouse where you just got lobster tails and shit, and you had to wear, like, bundled up. They paid you 22 an hour. Yeah. They gave you 1000 every 90 days to buy clothing. Like, I was set to do that. I had no problem working 9 to 6. I knew one thing about my life, that I was not taking a day job. Because the people I grew up around, my mother did not have a day job. My mother went, opened the bar at 9, set the bar up, beer, boom. And by 10.30, she was in Harlem picking up this, going to a Met game, eating Chinese food. She didn't go back till 7 o'clock at night. Then she worked till 3. I had no problem with working. My first big job was bartending from 5 to 1 in Manhattan. I just knew that my days were mine. I like that. I didn't I wanted to be opposite everybody else. I wanted you to leave the fucking house when I walked in. I'm gonna make my own eggs, I'm gonna smoke a joint, I'm gonna watch T V for an hour, sleep till two, get up, lift weights. Independence. That's what I, I want yeah. I did not want a day job. That Some I Some people
0: know. want the opposite. Some people's personalities that they want to go somewhere where someone tells them what to do, they wanna sit in a very safe structured environment. And do boring shit.
1: I didn't, I was, there's a company in my town named APA, Anthony Imperatoro. When I was a kid, APA fed everybody. The deal was you went down there, 1982, let's say. It was uh, 17 dollars an hour. So you shaped. Did you ever shape? What's that mean? Shape is you just go down there and they look at you like Marlon Brando and on the waterfront, you stand there like a fucking moron and they come up to you, we need six people tonight. You, you look pretty strong, You. And there's 30 people against they call the wall. It shape? shape up work. You got to go oh. sign up at the hall. So if you're a longshoreman, all that shit. If you don't have work, you go do shape up work. So you just go down there and wait for your badge number to be called, and then they give you work. So I used to work at APA as a shape guy. So you go on APA, right? And the first night Joe Rogan picks me, he sees I'm a fucking mule. I'm a mule. Like you ain't gonna break me. The shift started at seven and it went till 6, but sometimes at 6, a load of fucking Volkswagen engines came in, and here you are with another fucking gorilla picking up Volkswagen engines. So I used to, what I used to do was you couldn't work more than 6 days a month or they had to put you in the union. So I would work APA, uh, white truck, whatever. There was 3 different companies that you could shape for so what you did was, to get into the union, was once I found out Joe was cool and Joe knew I worked, I threw Joe a yardstick. I threw you 100, so I had guaranteed two days a week work, which is still $18 an hour plus overtime. So I did shape up work. And then if you completed like 12, if they made a mistake and they gave you 12 days in a month, now they had to hire you full time. And your life changed forever. APA. That guy in Parator that owns, you know what he owns now? The fucking ferry. Hmm. Like the ferry that goes back to New Jersey, back and forth from Jersey to New York City. That's Imperator. He didn't stop growing. But when we were kids, his facility, he took such care of his employees. His gym, when the New York Nets went from uh, Long Island to New Jersey, that's where they practiced the first year. That's how good in the 70s his gym was. Like, if you loaded trucks, you were allowed to use that gym. He already had shit that nobody had. He had fiberglass backboards. He had water weights. He had shit that nobody had, like, at that time. Wow. But my point being that that was what I had in high school, that I could do shape-up work, and I could still make a living, and eventually somebody was going to hire me. I was going to work like a fucking mule, but I'd still be making you know, 1500 a week when you're, right. when you're in 1980, which which wasn't bad. That's a lot
0: of money back then.
1: <clears throat> which wasn't bad. Those are the guys that buy the boats, and they go to Atlantic City, yep. and they can wear white shoes on the weekends. <laughs> no they socks. make more than everybody else. And, you know, yeah. Because you made great money down there. Yeah. So you shape. You could also do that as a longshoreman. You go down to Newark and stay there, and then after 15 days, they pick you up in the union. They'll charge you 5000 for a book which is means that you get 5000 into the union but you got benefits the rest of your life an insurance and a pension and
0: yeah and you realize that you weren't going to work in a cubicle
1: I did not I knew that, that I, but I liked that night loading shit you don't know how yeah. many nights I walked home on route 3 with no money how many days after loading a truck all night walking home on route 3 cuz I didn't have enough money for the bus I just had enough money for like breakfast and I would walk up and get breakfast at a diner, and I'd go wherever I was sleeping and fucking go to sleep. I didn't know anything. Comedy didn't come into my radar until a month before I went to prison. A month before I got locked up, a month before I got arrested for the crime, never mind prison, there was a salesman they hired, and I just we did not get along, me and him as a car salesman. He had this, he was American Indian, a piece of him was American Indian, and he even had that Charles Bronson look in his eyes. And one day, me and him got into a beef over a customer. He said the customer's was his and it was mine, and me and him banged it up face to face, and they had to break us up. But about a week later, I was on the point. That means you're outside waiting for a customer to try to get a customer on point. And he came out, and he goes, man, listen, I don't know what happened between us. His name was Brent. I'll never forget that man. If I was 25, he was about 40-something, 44, 45. And I had a fucking, you know, I was doing drugs, and I had the tough guy mentality, and I banked And I would never raise my hand to somebody old. I don't know why I went after him that day. But he came up to me, put out his hand, and he goes, Listen, man, I don't know nothing about nothing. But he goes, You know what I was doing for the last 20 years, right? And I go, No, I don't know anything about it. He goes... I was the entertainment coordinator for a casino in Las Vegas. And he goes, I don't know, man. You make me fucking laugh. And I'm shaking his hand going, thank you. Get the fuck away from me. I make you laugh. What are you, stupid? And he was telling me how I had a career in comedy. And I wasn't listening to him. He said, you should really give it a try. I'm like, you're fucking crazy, stand-up comedy. I like Freddie Prince. I like David Brenner. I love Richard Pryor. But... I'm fucking criminal. I can't do this shit. Not a month. Then I got arrested. And then when I came out, I didn't think about it. And then when I fucking came out for reals, there was a guy that lives in uh, Pismo Beach now. And he used to talk to me about it. He goes, "You ever consider stand up comedy?" And I go, "Come on, dog. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm a drug addict. Fucking stand up comedy." I didn't know stand-up comedy was about work. I thought that Joe Rogan just called the comedy store and said, "Have a camera there in 10 minutes. I'm going to be down and you tape an hour." I didn't know that you had to work 18 months to get an hour of material. If I, you're lucky, that's and good. What I thought. That's yeah. how fucking off I was.
2: Yeah.
1: I just thought that when I saw John Leguizamo that he just went down there. <clears throat> that he just went down there and did an hour. That's what I thought. For a lot all of people that people
0: have weird perceptions of it. But, you know, the thing about it is that it's a possibility and no one ever says that it's a possibility it's not an easy possibility but it's an it's an option but uh, being a fucking physician is not an easy possibility either but if you tell someone you want to be a doctor they don't look at you like you're crazy The, the amount of work is probably pretty similar there's a lot of work involved in being a doctor but it's a path that's been taken by many people. It's clearly established. You go through school, you go through medical school, you go through your residency. There's all these different steps that you have to take that everybody's really aware of. With a stand-up comedy career, no one who's, other than the people that have done it, no one knows what it is. You and I both know that in order to be, you know, say, um, a physicist, you have to go through a certain amount of education. We, We, you know, if you had, oh, Tim's son, He's really smart. He wants to work for you know SpaceX, wants to build rocket ships. like, oh, okay, that's a possibility. You can do that. You're really smart, you go to school, you get a good education, you follow through. You, you eventually there's a path there. With comedy, like no one knows that path other than people like you or I, people that have actually done that path and make a living doing it, we know it. But for everybody on the outside, it's like, what is that? And sometimes you need someone to come along and tell you. Like, the guy who you were working with, for me, it was my friend Steve, Dr. Steve Graham. For, he was my friend when I was, you know, he was telling me this when I was, like, 19. You know, he was like, you're really funny. Like, you should be a comedian. I was like, I was like I'm funny to you. I'm like, other people are going to think I'm an asshole. That's all I was thinking. Was that I, I just, I wasn't big on public speaking. What got me into public speaking, honestly, what helped me was teaching. When I was teaching martial arts... I had to teach in front of all these people, though I'd never spoken in front of groups of people. But I was really good at the time at, at teaching classes. I'd learned from you know my instructor, and a, there was a, a, a way to do it. I was very enthusiastic. Obviously, it was my life, so I was very intense about doing it. And I got used to speaking publicly in front of these large groups of people. But it was because I was speaking about something that I I was good at. And then I would teach at Boston University, and when I would go there and teach the classes. I'd start off the classes, you know, and I basically said to them, listen, you, you take this class, try hard, you're going to get an A. It's pass, fail, A. It actually counts for your GPA. So this is an easy A. I don't want you to be fucking Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. You don't have to do that. I just want you to try. If you come here and try, you get an A. That's simple. And so, I would, you know, became friends with a lot of the kids because they were like my age. Some of them were even older than me. And I was teaching them. So th- that was how I got into public speaking.
1: When was the first time? I want you to think before you even answer. Besides stand-up comedy, were you ever, ever, ever on a stage before that? No. Improv troupe in grammar school, a play in high school, a play in grammar school.
0: In college, I took... No, I didn't do any... I don't I don't think I ever did anything. Maybe if I did, I don't remember. But I, in college, I took a course on public speaking. It was like some sort of... Um, it was some sort of course where we would do, like, little play. It was terrible. The teacher was terrible. She was just a short, little, lazy lady. She was so lazy. Like, the way she would give classes was just – it was continuing education program at UMass. She was just terrible. And there was the people in the class where it was very loosely organized. She didn't explain the lessons very well. And, uh, you know, we had to put together some little play, I remember – it was me and uh, this girl and this guy. We put together, we made some little funny play. We wrote it together. It was around the same age. I was probably thinking about doing stand-up. I was probably 19 or 20 at the time. I
1: never was, I always shunned from all that stuff. I was always embarrassed. And my sixth, when I got thrown out of Catholic school in the sixth grade, I had this guy, Mr. Levito. And on Fridays, you had a choice to fucking go be part of the Ecology Club or hang out in the class. I don't know what made me. I was in love with Frankie Valley. <laughs> All right, and My Eyes Adored You. So he would make me every Friday go up to the front of the class and put My Eyes Adored You on a record player, and I'd sing it. Like, not lip sync it. I'd really sing it, because I really had a good voice growing up. I was in the band as a
0: singer. Were you? You were in a
1: band? Yeah, in the sixth grade.
0: You've done uh, that fucking rock and roll show. What is yeah, that, what yeah, is that yeah. show? Uh, Josh the guy from Baltimore? Yeah, it was fun as fuck. What is, what is that show called? Goddamn Comedy Jam. Goddamn, Goddamn Comedy, comedy, comedy Jam, yeah. yeah. You've done that?
1: Yeah. yeah. What'd you sing? Uh, killing in the Name of Love.
0: Oh, that's right. You did it recently. Worst
1: anxiety ever. Did you? Oh, my God, singing and doing comedy is two different fucking worlds.
0: Did you have to learn the song and practice it? Yeah,
1: they, they wanted me to go to a rehearsal, but I couldn't go to a rehearsal that day.
0: So you had no rehearsal?
1: No rehearsal. I knew the song, you know. And there it's you go. Not, And it's not Play Yeah. Play this. <laughs> Where is this being held at? This is at... This one almost a couple of years ago. This is like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I love music, I'm just I love all this shit I just can't uh, <laughs>
0: what, Whatever happened to Rage Against the Machine? What are they doing these days?
1: They all went in different direction they're, they're, Right now, today, they're in that band With Be Real be I've real. Be reals in the band with them. Uh, uh, Public Enemy. What? They're all in the Renegades. It's a Super and, band. Oh, it's a fucking tremendous super band.
0: What band is this? How do I not know about this? Yeah,
1: I've a, something of. Please don't. Come on, don't embarrass me now. I can't. Right, pull that yeah, Sons of Rage or something's of Rage, and it's Tom Morello, uh, the singer from Public Enemy. Be real. Chuck D. Chuck D.
0: Wow. It's flavor flavor in it?
1: I don't think so. I think they told him flavor flavor. You can't.
0: You is he know? still married to Stallone's ex wife?
3: No. Salone's ex wife just had a baby. With Prophets something. of Rage is what it's called. Prophets it's of, Rage. of Rage. Who's in the band? I don't... Yeah, it's a uh, couple of guys from Rage, Public Enemy, Cypress Hill.
0: Yes. Yeah, Stallone's ex wife had a baby. She was At 55 185 years old. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck did she have a baby? She had the last egg. They found the last egg that was tucked up in a quarter. The fallopian tubes. Listen, man, Mick Jagger's
1: singing at 75. I guarantee you, women have eggs a little longer now. I wonder. You just got to dig a little deeper. <laughs> you got to dig deep, deep, deep oh. in that little monkey. Oh. There's got to be a... Janet Jackson had one at 50, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, there's, they're in there. You just need a guy to give you a stab and to generate everything at the that same guy's time. got to be
0: holding back a lot of loads. Just keep those loads for weeks. No jerking off, no nothing, no wet dreams for weeks. And then just release the hounds. after, After 48,
1: as a woman after 48 from what I've read, 46, 47, your chances of the child having autism are very high. There's a lot of chances of a lot of little things going wrong.
0: Chances are with the male as well, you know. (laughs) <laughs> really? yeah
1: Over 50? Mhm.
0: Yeah, with men there's a bunch of factors, but one of the factors is also the age of the father. That's why you see more autistic kids these days than before as people are putting off their having children and having careers later and there's complications. It's one of the theories as to why there's more autistic kids. Another theory is that there's not more autistic kids, we just we're just better at diagnosing what the issue is with children than we used to be before. I say we very loosely, obviously. Brigitte Nielsen, look at that. So she had her first kid. This is her fifth. She had her first kid when she was young and vibrant, and the fifth kid when she's basically a monster.
1: God bless her. God bless her. God fucking bless her. 55, healthy baby. Good for her. I don't know. My, my little girl was born. I kept looking at her she's, eyes. Is to that what
0: her age was? 55? Yeah. That's incredible.
1: I kept looking at my daughter's eyes to see if she was stoned. Because God knows how much THC was in my reef when I shot that load of death. (laughs) (laughs) When I shot that stone a load.
0: It's kind of funny, man, when you you just think about the window of time that you have to get pregnant and impregnate someone. Just to, you know, if you're ever running to someone and you haven't seen them in like 10, 15 years, and you see them and you're like, whoa, okay. Time. Time is real. Just, it wears on people. You don't think about it when you see people day in, day out. <clears throat> I see you all the time. You look the same to me. you know, But if you don't see someone for 10, 15 years, you're
1: like, oh. Oh, wait till you look at a picture of yourself. Oh, you go yeah. to a hotel room. Oh, yeah. When you go to a hotel room, that mirror don't lie. The mirror <laughs> at your house is a fucking <laughs> bullshit artist. That motherfucker <laughs> hides curves and hairs oh. in your nose. Oh. You go to a Vegas and you walk past the mirror and you're like, Ugh! what the fuck happened there? Yeah, age is a month. Oh, you watch it. I watch a tape of myself or something. I'm like, wow, man, I'm getting old. But. You you become a monster. Last week, I fucking took a red eye to Cleveland. I get to Cleveland. It was was the only direct flight. You know, now everything's fucking crazy. There's two direct flights a day to Cleveland. Everybody's got a flight, but it takes you 19 hours. Right. So my. uh, my, Or choices were to leave at 11 in the morning and leave a day earlier, which ain't happening, or Mm -hmm. take a red eye that night. I took the red eye. And we landed at 6 in the morning, which is 3 L.A. time, which I'm never up past fucking 12.30 anymore. And uh, I took a thing to the hotel, me and George Perez. You know, and for a couple minutes, I was a little, like, look at my fucking life. I'm 55, and I'm fucking taking a red eye to do Cleveland. And when I got into the hotel room, I sat down, I said at my computer. I'm like, how fucking lucky am I? I'm still doing spots at the fucking store. I'm still going out and doing weekends. I never dreamt of this past 48. And I'm 55 and headlining, having a great time, and laughing my fucking balls off. We forget for a moment of time. What happened was the car didn't show. And I didn't even get pissed off. I just said, George, let's hop in the car. We walked 50 yards. There was a cab, and that was the end of that. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know why I told you that. I'm just thinking. Well, about
0: you know, it's perception. <coughs> you know, I mean, you know, if you showed Bridget Nielsen a photo of her today when she was 20 and said, "You're gonna look like this in five minutes," she'd probably freak out. She'd probably be terrified. But now that she's 55, she's like, "Yeah, that's what I look like." We all we all become J. Howard Marshall and Nicole Smith's fucking husband. <laughs> we all we're gonna go this. So much time. I mean, you, you don't stay beautiful forever. There's going to be an m- amount of time where your body just stops working right and your, your tissue starts to hang off your face and it's just it is what it is. And, and, and it's perception. A lot of it is perception. You broke it down for me with your old Romero.
1: Your jeans. Look, you look somebody like, mm-hmm. what's the girl we discuss discussed a thousand times? She was married to Richard Gere with the beauty mark. You said you saw her somewhere and she was still fucking beautiful. What's her name? Who's married to Richard Gere? Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford. Was it Still that, beautiful. Was it yeah. you that saw yeah. and said, "You got to be kidding me"?
0: I ran into her like six months ago. There's two it's girls, fucking beautiful. There's two
1: girls in my high school that are on Facebook. They have not aged a year, and they both spit out kids. And mm-hmm. it's it's. It's this, also how you take care of yourself. It's the alcohol.
0: Yes, and whether or not you're happy.
1: The happiness, the alcohol. Yeah. The tobacco, mm, the tobacco's food. Tobacco's a big one. Tobacco's Listen, a big
0: man, one. Listen, man,
1: I was thinking about this, how it's so weird that once every two years, I don't know what. Joe Rogan, I hate being this person sometimes. I hate being this person. I like to have something going wrong. Like, I still have that bug in me. Self-sabotage. Yeah. Still sabotage. So every once in a while, I go up to the comedy store and I see everybody drinking. I see everybody doing everything else. And here I am with a fucking water like an asshole. I don't smoke at night when I drive because I can't see at night. You know what I'm saying? So I can't smoke. I can't get high. Sometimes I go in the back and I get high. So every once in a while I go have a Red Band or somebody, give me a fucking cigarette. And I smoke five fucking cigarettes and I'll smoke for a week. Do you know that, Joe Rogan? I'll pack a cigarettes at 8 o'clock at night and smoke like a fiend and throw them out of the car on the way up the hill. You know how bad I feel the next day? You could see how bad fucking cigarettes are for you. And number two is alcohol. You know, you could now see. No, when it. you
0: say this, like, how many cigarettes will you smoke?
1: Like, in one night? Yeah. Twelve. Really? And I'll throw the other eight away in the garbage. Wow. And then the other day.
0: That's a lot.
1: That's a lot. Because I'm a savage.
0: Like, when was, when was the last time you did this?
1: About two months ago.
0: Really? Yeah. And you don't worry. And then it's I didn't do it for, again.
1: And, and, no, 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 no. I could. All that shit is bullshit to me. Why do you think I said that shit to you last week about the ambient? I wasn't fucking around with you, trying to be cute. I do everything. I'm sober, but I do everything. <laughs> I'm sober right now, but I do everything. Right, right, I don't right. do coke. I don't do heroin. I don't do Oxycontins. Right. But on the road, people give you shit, and sometimes I put it in my pocket. On
0: the road, people give you shit. Oh, people
1: give me shit all the time. You take the shit people give you all the time, don't I just, <laughs> took, I just took some acid, fucking. Uh, somebody gave me blotter acid, <laughs> and I put it in the vi- I put it in the battery thing. I have like a shaver, and I took the blotter acid and put it in the battery thing, so it became like battery acid. and I called Lee, oh. and I told Lee it was Wolfman Jack acid. He didn't know who <laughs> Wolfman Jack was.
0: Wolfman Jack, there's a guy. Remember that guy?
1: That motherfucker went on an episode. Radio guy. He went on an episode of The uh, the Odd Couple one time. And Felix wanted some music published, and it was horrible. So Oscar was a friend of Wolfman Jack's, and he goes, man, let me give it to Wolfman Jack. Maybe he'll like it. And they're both outside the studio waiting for Wolfman Jack, and Wolfman Jack comes out with two freaks. He's got a weird look on his face. He's like, man, I dig noises. I dig yells in the night, but he goes this, I haven't been this depressed in a long time. He goes, this was just, he goes, this was just bad. Now, if you don't mind, he goes, I got to come down off this battery acid I was drinking last night. So I've never forgotten that line as a kid, that Wolfman Jack, look at him.
0: Is he still alive?
1: Uh, no. Oh, no.
3: There's a lot of videos. I didn't see his-
0: See if he's still alive.
3: No, he died in 1995.
0: Wow. That was a long time ago. Oh yeah, he was born on thirty-eight. Jesus Christ. Play that black and white video in the lower right hand corner. This one? Yeah. Let me hear that. Give me some volume. Wolfman Jack. Is this gonna get us kicked off YouTube? Yeah, it could. Wolfman Jack at W N B C Air Check from August nineteen seventy three, his first night at sixty six W N by NBC, New York. First air check. First night. Wow, how weird.
3: Give me a little I'm speed that up a little play. bit. Should come in in a second.
0: A lot of fucking theatrics back then before the guy even talks. <coughs> Several minutes into the recording. What the wow. fuck? In New York City, we Lay it down boy.
3: Come on get your soul together. All the way, Maybe it got better as it went along? No.
0: No, No, it was a different world back then. All you had to do was have a big personality, be loud and crazy, and people got used to listening to a certain person on the radio. Radio personalities were a different thing, man. It's like you you would become accustomed to listening to someone's voice, and that was the person you wanted to hear. I remember certain radio DJs, Charles Laquadera on the Big Mattress in uh, WBCN in Boston would listen to it every morning, listen to it when I was delivering newspapers. He was the morning guy and like every place would have a morning guy. And there's still a few of them out there. There's still a few morning guys out there, but man, they're cutting those guys back. They're cutting those folks back. They're whittling away their budget, taking away their money. You know, they have to do personal appearance at wild wings and shit like that. And fucking shoot t-shirts out of a cannon and all that nonsense. it's, just, it's a dying, dying institution. The radio world is a dying world. It's weird. Used to be everybody had a car radio. You listened to the radio, drove around. What do we got in the radio? Oh, let's tune in. What's the good local stations? You'd find them, listen to some good radio. That shit's gone now, man. It's gone. It's gone. It's crazy. It's gone.
1: I was never like a talk radio guy. I can't lie to you like a talk. People who listen to that talk sports and people call in,
0: fuck you. They love it.
1: The Yankees should have beat one last night. It was a ref yeah. job. That shit drives me fucking crazy. But by, by the way, congratulations to the Boston Red Sox. They were fucking tough, tough. I don't watch baseball throughout the year. I don't have time. But the Cuban, once September comes, I love the art form, Joe Rogan. It's a beautiful. By the way, not only did I get left back and I got a GD I'm only. I'm the only Cuban that couldn't play baseball. <laughs> I'm possibly the only Cuban that was the worst baseball player in the fucking world. Even my mother stopped going to the games. I, was like, I can't. I can't. You just embarrassed the shit out of me. I was terrible. But during the playoffs, I watched that shit religiously. Yeah. And I talked to my uncle, and he fills me in. My uncle's tremendous. My uncle fucking knows. He's 80. He's been watching, but he knows. So I'll get on the phone with him during the playoffs, and he'll be watching, and I'll talk to him. He's, he's, he's ratting me off in Spanish. Look at the way he throws the ball. Look at his finger, how it's whole. I mean, it just it's a different art. And Boston was just too tough to year, Joe Rogan. They had thieves, a baseball player with thieves. It's tough to play against them.
0: What do you that's mean, thieves? Me, that's
1: why me and your old partner at the UFC with Tyke Goldberg, We're both Cincinnati Red fans.
0: What do you mean by thieves? People who steal
1: bases.
2: Oh. oh. (laughs) People who steal
1: bases. I love thieves because they don't let the pitcher get into a rhythm. Mm. They get into the pitcher's head and they start dwindling their arms. And now the pitcher's got to keep looking at his shoulder. And if you ever get a chance to watch an old Cincinnati Red Bull park, a good game, if I find one, I'll send it to you. And you watch what that the pitch. You know how when the the, uh, coach comes out and he gets, takes the ball from the guy, and the guy walks off, and they call a reliever. With the Cincinnati Reds, the coach would come out, and the, the pitcher would go, take this fucking ball. I never want to pitch again because Cincinnati was the king of bunting, getting on first, and then playing with your head. Start, and then they would steal second, then they would hit a single. The Cincinnati Reds won those all those years with Pete Rose. Pete Rose wasn't a home run hitter. Pete Rose was a hitter. That means every time he came up to bat, you're, you're going to have a problem. And him and Concepcion and Morgan and all those people, they were just single hitters. Those are the worst. At least with a home run, I know where I stand. But these motherfuckers that clobber you with singles and doubles, that's a different game. Mm.
2: And then I'm stealing
1: from you to really get down. Like I'm stealing second and stealing third. That That's that's a, that's Sparky Annis in that movie. I know you never watched it. But that's what it was about. The movie with Brad Pitt, he did about baseball. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, I
0: never saw any. That. That's a great movie
1: because he explains to you that it's on base percentage. All that other shit is bullshit. Like they're like, yeah, but this guy walks a lot. Did he get on base? That's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's the and Boston played that same game. They're thieves. They steal. It was heart attack baseball. You could watch it <laughs> if you bet the last five games. God bless you. God bless you. It's heart attack. I got back to my room in Cleveland at two thirty in the morning they were still playing two thirty in the morning. I went to bed. The Dodger game was still on. It's tremendous. This is the time of the year where that I love playoff baseball when it starts in april i don't want I don't know nothing. I don't watch none of that shit none of that shit
0: i I played baseball when I was a kid. I, I stopped doing it when I got into that martial arts. I, I found out about Taekwondo because I was waiting for a Red Sox game, waiting for the T to get home. And there was a big-ass line to get to the tee because uh, Fenway Park would let out. And uh, walking back from Fenway Park to the train station, I saw the Taekwondo School. And I went up there, and there's this guy named John Lee. He was a national heavyweight champion, light heavyweight champion at the time. And he was uh, about to go to the World Cup. And uh, he was up there kicking the shit out of the heavy bag. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. I was hearing the sounds of it, I was walking up the stairs, I was hearing a whomp, kchink, whomp, kchink. And the whomp was him kicking the bag and the kchink was the chain as the bag would go flying through the air and slam against the chain. I was like, that is the craziest fucking sound. And I walked in there and there was this guy who was just you know, at the peak of his physical power. He was just mm-hmm. at his very best and he was training for a world tournament and it, it, just watching him do that was so terrifying thinking like if someone kicked me like that like what it would do to my body and uh that's how i got into martial arts because before i wasn't in the team sports man that's one of the reasons why i got into wrestling i'm like, at least wrestling it's me against that guy i hated team sports i hated the fact that we were losers because little billy dropped the ball I'm like i didn't and I, I didn't play for the team either. Like, they would tell me, all right, Rogan, go try to get a single. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I swung. I either got a home run or I struck out every fucking time I was a bet. I either, because I got a home run once, and I was like, oh, that is so much better than getting a single. You can suck dick for the rest of your life for singles. I don't give a fuck about a single. I, I felt bad if I got on base and I got a single. Because I connected once, cut Ca- crack and that ball went and i could hit pretty hard and that ball went fucking flying and it went into the stands and i was like oh this is what it's about it's about doing that it's the only thing that's any good about the stupid fucking that and catching balls so many cracks went out there and you catch it that's pretty fun
1: i could never even hit a ball I never hit a ball in my life. I used to bunt or strike out. or make an excuse. <laughs> like, I was just terrible at baseball. I just had no nothing for it. I, when I went to Miami, I used to go to Red Berries Baseball Camp in the summers just for a week. It was a week camp that you went to. I didn't like it. Basketball was my shit. Yeah? Basketball, we good? I loved Real good. Real fucking good. Really? Real good. Went to five-star basketball camp with uh, uh, Harvey uh, Garfinkel. Do you play
0: anymore? You ever fuck around?
1: My shoulders are so bad that, nah, my shoulders over the now? years that I can't do a jump but shot. But you're doing jujitsu. Yeah, but I can't. You can't get me in an Americana like you can't. I, I tell people don't Americana me. You could come more on me.
0: are that bad? Yeah, like really? I have to go
1: for physical therapy pretty soon. Do you
0: ever get an MRI?
1: I should, but by the you know, I listen. You got to pick your battles in today's insurance world. So they're to the point where I could lift, I could go to kickboxing, you know, I could hold a microphone, I'm fine. Right.
0: I'm
1: fine for right now. My left, my right knee is fucked up. That's going to have to do something soon. But for right now.
0: What's wrong with
1: it? It never fixed. I think when I was doing physical therapy, I reheard it after the surgery. It never. What kind of
0: surgery did you get? You get a meniscus?
1: Meniscus, arthritis, that whole thing. Yeah. So, I'll go back in there again and let it all cleaned up. No, I love basketball, but I also love martial arts growing up. I love the whole thing of going to doing forms and practicing. And
0: They can do some fucking tremendous shit with stem cells right now, Joey. They could fix all your problems, I bet. You fix think your my shoulders. shoulders? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, my shoulders fixed. They fixed it.
1: How, how flexible are you? Let me see you grab your hands and do that shit. Where you go all the way back and you do all that shit. Oh,
0: yeah. I can do everything.
1: Grab them and go over Can you do that shit. What do you mean? Like there's people who could grab them at my kickboxing place and go all the way over. They couldn't grab believe you. Grab them and go all
0: the way over? What do you mean? Yeah,
1: like they do something fucking different. Like, I don't like Oh, you're
0: saying like do this and go all the way back? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I know
1: what they do. They take the broom yeah.
0: and they yeah. go that way all the way back. I yeah, can, I am do done. That. I'm done. You know what else is real good for you? Hanging. Just hanging. Just grab a hold of the bar, chin up bar and just hang from it. Super good for your shoulders. Stretches them out, releases impingements. It's good for the joint. Okay. Yeah. Just go out there to my little gym area out here. Just stretch out. Bro, listen, I never got the
1: President's Award either because I couldn't do a pull up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do a pull up. You understand me? Pull ups are great for jujitsu, though. Can you can still, do... to this day, can't do one? No?
1: Never do a pull up. Even when I was 180, with lifting weights. Really? With strength guys. You couldn't do a
0: pull up when you were 180? That doesn't even make any I sense. I don't know
1: what the fuck it was. <laughs> I, moved to, when, I moved to, uh, when I moved to Snowmass Village, my roommate was from Brown, and he had another brother, and they had another friend. And they had trained under this guy named Ira Wolf where I grew up. Ira Wolf went to the Olympics to be a trainer. and these, Except for one guy. Two of these guys are still alive. And these guys did not believe in traditional lifting. They believed in slow motion heavy lifting. 10 count on the way down and a 10 count on the way up
0: a lot of guys still believe in that
1: and the the strength doubles like your strength doubles like the the strength it's so it's slow motion
0: you know who's really into that einstein you know eddie's uh black belt scott epstein yeah he's really into slow-mo training he's always into that
1: slow motion lifting yeah these guys were really fucking into it and today the one guy we were talking a while ago he has no injuries Mm-hmm. All that, all that, like they, they switched me. When I was doing behind the necks, in front of the necks, they're like, you're wasting your time. Just do squats, cleans. Uh, what's the other one they do? That gets your fucking traps gin- ginormous. You just get one thirty. Cleans and presses. Just the yeah. first, just the first one. Cleans. Don't even yeah. press it. Just, just the first clean. Mm-hmm. Don't even press it. Right. All that shit. I like. Oh, cleans are tremendous. Yeah, yeah, I love all that shit. I went, in fact, I went back to a straight bar. I've been using a straight bar again yeah? lately. Yeah, I like the straight bar. I've been squatting.
0: You I, were doing uh, kettlebell classes for a while too, right? Weren't you? Yeah,
1: but the kettle. See, the, the problem yeah. with the kettlebell is that if you read that that guy's book or anything about Pavlov, he says that the kettlebells. I don't even know if that's his name. Pavel, rest, Pavel Pavel, Pavel. It's supposed to be Tatsulini. like a twenty to. 18, 15-minute workout, kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they do is they, they cro- the new CrossFit community has taken kettlebells, and you're just hurting people. Kettlebells are done for you to feel good and to enhance a different workout. Like when I do kettlebells, thank God for on it, I, I combine it with a club w- workout. Mm-hmm. Alberto Crane taught me how to do swings with club bats. Where you turn your insides of your wrist, so everything turns. So I, yeah, I, I burn a lot of fascia on my shoulder because I do it that way. So when I do a kettlebell workout, I incorporate it with the bats from on it, mm-hmm. and I do it like a circuit training. I do there's a straight one, all this, and even with that, yeah. even because I before I went to physical therapy, I wanted to try the club bats. Because they have all the weight on the end, and it helps pull that shoulder yeah. all the way the fuck down. Like for me to do anything, I gotta stretch my shoulder before and after really deep. I gotta go against a wall. I yeah. go underneath. Remember the guy I brought on, Alberto Gazzini? Galini Galazzi. Galazzi. I yeah. do a lot of his little. For yeah, he's got great workouts. In, even uh, right now. Uh, on it. it's got that kettlebell six, kettle mm-hmm. six, where it's a transformation. They got some great stuff on it. The guy sent it to me at the beginning, they call it something else instead of uh, warm up. They call it something else. The guy's name is uh, not Josh Wolf, John Wolf. John Wolf. John yeah. Wolf. Good. He's th- fantastic. Fantastic. The fantastic. thing about
0: clubs is that they're not that heavy, but they're odd. So, like, you're holding on to the end of it, but the weight is at the, at the like, end, at yes. the other end. And it's this long thing, so it's very awkward. And you could get a really good workout with 15 pounds. I mean, you really can.
1: That's all I use, 15 and 10. I, I got a five from on it to mm-hmm. break my wrist. You get a five, and you really could really break the fascia on your wrist with the five. They have an exercise that you go over and twist. We got a
0: full set of them out here if you yeah. want to use tremendous, it.
1: Tremendous, tremendous, yeah. tremendous. So that's, that's what I was doing wrong. The kettlebell class, why am I swinging the gorilla?
0: Why am I swinging the fucking gorilla? Why are you swinging the gorilla?
1: I don't know. And then you turned me <laughs> on to Steve Maxwell's thirty-five pound. So now I do thirty-five and forty-four pound. Mm-hmm. I love Steve Maxwell's stuff. So I keep, I keep Steve Max. And then you were the one. I called you at the last dilemma, and you were like, "Well, let's do it." So now I do three, three, and three, and I'm out of there.
0: Oh yeah, that's. I do
1: three Turkish get-ups, three fucking sets of cleans, and three swings.
0: Just a do it a few days a week.
1: Yeah. Three, yeah. I, listen, if I'm on the road, mm-hmm. most hotels now have kettlebells. Really? Most hotels are starting to come around. I go to a hotel, I check, and I go up, I roll a joint. I go downstairs, I smoke, and on the way back, I check by the gym. If I see kettlebells, I'm very happy. But I keep it to that. Mm-hmm. Three, three, and three. Because over 50,
0: it should just be three days a week. It takes a lot for you to recuperate. Well, it's also you're... You can get in more reps over the week. That's really what you want. If you do a lot of reps in one day, the problem is you're destroyed afterwards. But if you do the same amount of reps over the course of five days, just do shorter workouts and do many of them, you don't get, ever get destroyed. Your body's fine. You, you do all the other things you do too, and I think you, you become more consistent with it. You don't get worried about getting destroyed.
1: I do two kickboxing with high conditionings. Two jujitsu. You know, what my jujitsu incorporates. My jujitsu incorporates the class, doing the technique and three five minute rolls. After that, I get up and walk away because anything after that is defeating. I'm defeating the purpose. Right. I hit the Novathor bed twice a week, especially on Sundays. The what? The Novathor bed. What is that? The Novathor bed is the one I told you about the last time. I think they sent you some information because we were discussing it last time. It's the red light therapy.
0: Oh, okay, I get yeah. in the
1: Novathor bed twice a week. Are you it's saying it right? Novathor, yes. Novathor? Bed. Look it up. Okay. I, I get in the Novathor bed twice a week, especially on Sundays to take all the that, oxidation that's a, out.
0: That thing right there? Yes. Thinner, fitter, healthier, happier.
1: And mm. then I, I, I go into cryotherapy two or three times a week. So what I did was I shortened my workout. And I could do it more often. Mm-hmm. Me going to a jujitsu clash class and fighting Eddie to the death right. does nothing for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to improve. Right, And I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to be able to roll for three or four more days
0: now. Yeah, that's the thing is uh, recovery. I recovery really went and online and read right after
1: 50. And I number one, you got to go for, you got to over 50 strength.
0: Strength. Oh, it's God. That's, hey, you have to.
1: Because that sarcopenia will fucking kill you, and that's when you start getting hunchy, and we all become our grandfather. And when you do stand-up, it's, it's you just got to be stronger. So I went back. I, I meet these guys twice a week, and we pack it on. I don't even know what you put on there because it gives me anxiety. And we open up with a squat to really get the system into a fucking frenzy. You, we don't, there's no jumping jacks. There's no bench. We open up
0: you with— You warm up first?
1: I do a little warm up, and the first two sets, I see the fucking devil. It's on a stopwatch. There's no sets. It's on a stopwatch. What do you mean? So he'll go four hours, four minutes. Go.
0: So four minutes of squatting. I'm squatting. Four three minutes, minutes.
1: Three minutes of That's squatting. That's
0: a lot of time squatting.
1: But it's ten seconds up, ten seconds back. The last mm-hmm. two. I'm fucking, I'm seeing the devil. I'm thinking about getting a heart attack My the whole thing. Mm. And then right from there, I go to a pull-down machine. Right from there, I go to a back twister. It's really weird how he does it, but I'm out of there in 22 minutes.
0: That's a good workout. I mean, getting physical strain, lifting some weights, getting that uh, bone density, tightening up all your... All the muscle groups. And the
1: maluk stick works. That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. I don't end up on NBC doing commercials for ED commercials. You don't want ED, you got to get the maluk stick.
0: And that's from lifting weights?
1: Bro, since day one. Yeah, I don't care what anybody tells you. Give me an old guy that's doing... Lifting a little lightweight three days a week, mm. he's doing it for his Malouk stick. All that <laughs> shit they sell, uh, uh, what is it, GNC <laughs> yeah. with Frank Thomas? Hi. Right. And it's good for your lady, too. That shit don't work.
0: Those Frank Thomas are a bunch of thirsty white people hanging out with oh, him. Oh,
1: those commercials are the worst. We've
0: played those commercials 30 times. Hey, Frank,
1: how are you? Well, I'm What's fine. all his
0: ladies going, on? I wish you would do that, Mike.
1: Yeah. And Frank's meanwhile, so Frank's sexy. a fat
0: fuck. He's, you a little, know he's, a he's, he's
1: a little overweight and shit. Yeah. I'm doing this. That GNC shit don't work. You want to keep the maluk stick up? Oatmeal? Oatmeal. They did a study on this. (laughs) I did a study. I did an independent study to see what works the most. Oatmeal with coconut milk in that motherfucker Mm. and some deadlifts and some squats. You'll be stabbing Uh, people till you're For sure,
0: those things elevate testosterone and increase your hormone levels. That's for sure. Deadlifts and squats are the kings of exercise. Those are so important because they work your whole chain. They work everything. Dolce work
1: loves everything. the fucking deadlift. Uh, Dolce, me and him. Well,
0: everybody we, does. Finally after somebody I read does his
1: it. book, that's when I really, I went to the Y one day and I started like I started light. I got a coach the first time to go over the basics with me. And then like three weeks later, I thought I was Mike Dolce and I went in there and did a set a five deadlift, bro, I could feel it in my central nervous system. <laughs> like, you, it really does hit your central. Like, you just feel like this fucking Well, weird your body feeling.
0: realizes, oh, Jesus, this crazy fuck, is. it needs us to lift weights. It needs us to carry heavy things all the time so your body just gets stronger. And there's only one way to get stronger. Your body's got to increase testosterone. It's got to rebuild all that tissue that you're breaking down. It's what place improved, are you
1: though. in right now, brother? You're in first place in this contest.
0: If I wasn't in first place, I'd jump off a fucking <coughs> building.
1: How's Ari, me, number gets, two?
0: I'm d- dis- dis- disturbed that they thought they were going to win. I'm ahead by like 2,000 points. This is what I'll tell you where, right now. What are the start.
1: rankings at right I now? I
0: mean, obviously, out of all these guys, I'm the one who's been working out all the time. I'm obviously, I've been working out my whole life. It's, so I have uh, 10,139. Ari's in second place with 8,299. Yeah. Tommy Buns in third place. Tommy has just uh, recently banged out another hundred, so he's eight two five nine. And Bert is strong in last place. Strong, talking all kinds of mad shit. And in, he's more than two thousand points behind me. That slob. And I haven't even worked out today. And when I work out today, they're all going to quit. I'm going to. I'm going today, even though I'm two thousand points ahead. I'm going to go for six hours. Today is a day of death. What? I've what gotten as many s- as I've gotten as many as a thousand points in a day. No one has even gone close to that. You just gotta fucking keep going. The thing is, when you're exhausted, you go, "I can't go. I can't do this anymore." Yes, you can. Joe Ch- what you you do you do for, for six hours? Twenty minutes. I do a variety of different things. First, Break it I down take from the dog. Joey. I run the hills with the dog for a good hour. You know, I do about two miles in the hills with the dog. So he's exhausted. Otherwise, he's a puppy. You know, he's, he's two years old. He's a pain in the ass if he's not worn out. So I wear his little ass out. So we run for two, you know, two miles, which is in the hills. These are pretty fucking steep hills. It turns out to be about 40 minutes-ish, 45 minutes, close to an hour. Get back, stretch out a little, and then I decide what else I want to do. Um, yesterday, it was uh, kickboxing. So I, I hit the bag for another hour and a half. I turned on some old fights in the gym, and just fucking went to town. Put on the ringside timer, so it's giving me rounds. And uh, the ringside timer w- gives me 30 seconds, too. So I go 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds not so hard, 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds not so hard, one-minute break, shin drink guards. some water. No, no, no. No shin guards? No shin guards, no. <laughs> to
1: really kick the shit out of that fucking bag hard. Like that. Oh my I god.
0: Fucking, I'm fucking my shins up. Dog, the other day I went to a...
1: kickboxing class and I fucked up one of my fungi toes, just blew up. <laughs> it just blew up and blood started coming out of it. I went home later on and said, What
0: the fuck I Did nothing. My tail my toenails are cut. If you slam your shin into a bag for an hour and a half of full blast, some tissue's gonna break down. Something's gonna make like right now, everything's sore. My ankles are sore, my knees are sore. My lower back is sore. I went, I went whole ham yesterday. But, you know, that wasn't a big day for me. Yesterday was like four four 430-something points. That's a big, big day for some guy. It's, the most I've ever worked out is I did six and a half hours, and I got 1,000 points. I did five and a half hours. I got 900 points, and then I did another hour just to sort of like at the end of the day just to loosen everything up. which just hit the bag for an hour. Just, I just, because Bert was talking so much shit. I was like, this is like, oh, where am I going to put the belt? (laughs) Everything Joe does, I'm going to (laughs) double. Like, okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. He went hiking with Ari and was quitting while he was hiking. Hiking is walking. It's walking. These guys are walking and they're getting tired. And he's talking about beating me in a fitness contest. It's outrageous. Plus, he's enormously overweight. The, the one who's the real issue is Ari. Ari's a sneaky fuck. Ari might try to pull it out. Even though he's 2,000 points behind, he might try to murder himself over the next two days, get to 2,000 points, and then put another 1,000 in to beat me on the third day. He, he literally might try to do that. But I'm not going to let him. Not going to let him. We're here, we're queer. They're, they're, they're fighting for second place. Good luck, boys. I, get, I let them get close up until a while ago, up until about a week and a half ago, and then I just turned it on. I'm like, okay, here we go. So just... I had a plan. My plan was to to get, you know, first of all, I was not doing this much cardio before. So we're 29 days in. Is today the 30. What is today? Is it 29th? 29. 29. 29 days in, I've taken four days off. I took three days off because I went to Vegas with my family when I went with the UFC, I so said, we're going to go on Thursday. We're going to stay till Sunday. I'm not going to work out. Just go have a good time. Relax. See if these guys catch up. So they caught up to me. And that's when Burt posted, oh, <laughs> Rogan's in last place. <laughs> I I really hadn't even worked out. And so I said, OK, I'm done with that. Now it's time to kick it into full gear. And then when I kicked it into full gear, I'm steady every day, three hours a day, three and a half hours a day, four hours a day sometimes. Sometimes two and a half hours in the morning, two and a half hours at night. Just 600 points a day 700 points a day 800 points a day whatever I got to do just to stay way ahead and the, my my goal was so the last few days to be so far ahead that they're fucked and they're all s- just sc- scratching and clawing for second place
1: what's the what's the <laughs> what's the stuff this year What's what you...
0: you don't get anything I wanted the loser to have to drink a goblet of everybody else's piss that's what I wanted I want because I wanted Bert to drink piss I feel like Bert has to lose this. I don't see how Tom's going to... Tom was sick. He was sick as a dog, on antibiotics for like five days. Came back in one day and he ran 13 motherfucking miles for 600 points. Yeah, yeah. Ran around the neighborhood 13 fucking miles. The dude ran for three and a half hours. Just ran. Doesn't want to lose. And doesn't want to lose to Bert. Even if he only comes in third place, as long as he's not... Bert. as long as he beats Bert, That's where everybody's at. Because Bert talks so much shit. Everybody just wants to make sure that Bert loses. He's
1: got the DiMaggio gene. Oh, I got the
0: Mickey Mantle Mickey gene. Mickey Mantle <laughs> gene. He thinks he can just half-ass his way through something that's an actual competition. Because he's just, look, he can push himself. But can, there's a big difference between pushing yourself and pushing yourself for a whole month. That's where he's falling apart. And he's been talking so much shit that we're all laughing at him. So yesterday, we're all, everybody was going out. Is it today? This was
3: a couple of hours of yesterday. I'm out here
0: jogging. <laughs> so they're look, sandbagging. At his, look at his tits
3: bouncing. What did he say? He's sandbagging? He said Ari and Tom are sandbagging. I'm a headset in.
1: Sorry if I sound super aggressive. I still love them, but man.
3: <laughs> Sandbaggers, bro. Sandbaggers.
2: What does that
1: mean? What's a sandbagger?
3: He said Ari like held on to his uh, stats for like a week before. He did. Before he turned to in. He did. He said Tom was lying about being sick.
0: No, 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 no. Ari held on to his stats, and he's allowed to do that. Look, we're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to, look, the manly thing to do is to put it all on the table (sighs) and make everybody try to fucking keep up. That's the manly thing to do. But Ari is obviously a sneaky fuck, right? And he obviously is also the one who worked out the least out of all of us. So he, at one point in time, stored up 1,000 points and had them on his device and then released him, and Bert had went fucking crazy. You fuck! Because Bert thought he was ahead of Ari, and then all of a sudden Ari shot ahead of him. That's how it works. This is a competition.
3: It's a fight for last right now, right? Between them. Yes. Between them.
0: It's a fight for last, and Bert's going to get... He's going to lose that fight. He's going to be last. Tom's going to work out today. Tom's going to pay... Tom... I told you, Tom got... Six hundred fucking points yesterday. Oh, they're fighting. They're fighting in a group text. <laughs> oh, let me see what's going on here. Oh my God, it's long. It's very long. Oh boy, there's a lot. <clears throat> there's a lot of fighting. Bert's very angry. Very, very, very angry. He's very angry because he's, he realizes he's going to come in last. Because he was saying he was saying yesterday. Here's what's hilarious. He goes. Uh, he goes, and you're barely winning. I go, Bert. I'm ahead of you. Yesterday was two thousand three hundred points. I go. Do you have any idea what the fuck you would be saying if you were ahead by two thousand three hundred points? And he goes, I'd be respectful. And I'd be, you're I'd right. be, <laughs> <laughs> like you fucking
3: liar, you make man. A t-shirt about it, probably.
0: <laughs> you fucking liar. Look, this, uh, you know, this is a it's a rigged game. It's it's if I don't get hurt, it's a rigged game. That's just what it is.
1: Now, anybody drink, anybody smoke, no. anybody got caught drinking or smoking, no. nothing?
0: Didn't you think that? Don't you think that Bert's drinking? Didn't you say you, you looked at you funny? All right. I'm <laughs> Let me tell
1: you the fucking story. <laughs> and you tell me what you think. Okay. Because this was the fucked up thing. My feelings okay. were even hurt. Every Wednesday, I go to pizza after karate with Mercy. We go eat pizza. And okay. we're sitting there. It's the neighborhood pizza joint. We're sitting there. And I look at my wife and I go, isn't that Bert?" And it's a dude walking through a neighborhood that just like Bert with a hat on. I put my pizza down and go out and I go, hey, cocksucker, I see that you're drinking because it looked like he had a six-pack or whatever holding it.
2: <laughs> and he
1: turned around, waved at me, and kept walking. This is Bert Kreischer. Right? This is Burt Kreischer. This is a guy that, you know, I figured he'd come back and talk to me. So... The next day, Lee tells me, I tell Lee that. And I go, yeah, I saw Bert today and yelled at him. He didn't come on and talk to me. Lee puts down, Lee tells me that Bert put down a tweet that one of his fans yelled at him.
3: Yeah, I say, he saw someone. He didn't know who it was. And
1: he didn't know who it was. And he kept walking. He knew who the fuck it, dog. If I yell at you, you'll know it's fucking me. If I say cocksucker at the end of the speech, you know
0: it's me. Look what else Bert does. First of all, Bert knows he's behind a staggering amount. He put in the most bitch-ass workout today. He got, what is this, 149 points? That is, that is not enough. He worked out for an hour and 50 minutes. He got 149 points. Because look at the end. See the end, all those grays? Uh, maybe
3: it stayed on or something. No, like. no. He
0: kept, his, he kept his strap on. He worked out. It says an hour and 40 He worked out for 40 minutes, and he kept his strap on for an hour.
3: Trying to get some extra.
0: Yeah, because he's dying. So his heart's elevated. So you get some points for having an elevated heart. But look at this. All this gray shit at the end. See, folks? See all this?
3: Uh, I can barely see it. You can't.
0: can't I can see it. it. Here, let me do something here. I'll show people here. All this nonsense. Well, it's not going to work. You get, for 80% of your heart rate, you get yellow. For 90% of your max heart rate, you get red. I tried to go all red the first day. I'm like, I'm just going to kill them. I'm just going to f- sprint for half an hour and just br- br- make these guys catch up. There's no way they catch up. Then an Ari, in his fucking ingenious and devious ways, found out that you get just as many points for 80% as you get for 90%. We figured so that they avoid lawsuits. So he said, okay. So it seems like the sweet spot is in 80%. So just stick to 80%. So you can do that, or you can be like Bert, and Bert barely gets to 70%, mostly stays in the 60% range, which is gray, and then 80%, which is, well, 60% is like this 50, 60, and 70, and 70's green, no, yeah, 70's green, and then blue is 60, so he's mostly blue, 60% 60% of his mass heart rate, which, by the way, I might be at right now because I'm getting angry. So if you got mad, you'd be in, like, the blue, and you get two points a minute for the blue. You get four points a minute for the yellow. What there you- it goes. See, 60% to 70%, you get blue. Bert is almost all gray and blue. And if you look at this fucking slobbery workout he's got, look at all that shit. It's 60% and lower most of his workout. So that means most of the workout that he did for an hour and 49 minutes is him with a fucking thing on just sitting around. It's an hour and 30 minutes. So it's, most of it is him with the thing on just sitting there being fat. That's all it is. Now,
1: let me ask you this. What is this, what is this called? Because I like to go on this.
0: It's called MyZone Fitness Tracker. This is the thing. And
1: you put it on your chest?
0: Yes. You put, it's a, once I snap this in, it'll start measuring my heart rate. And I'm going to put it on when I get out of here. I'm going to start working out. And today, these are the three days of death. Today's Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. And Wednesday, we go crazy, Joey Diaz. Wednesday, I work out to 11.59. And then at 11.59, I pop that off and I walk away. Mm -hmm. At 11.59. And then I go have a glass of wine because it hits midnight.
1: No weight qualifications on this? Nothing. Nobody's nobody to lose weight. No,
0: there's no no losing weight. I probably fucking gained weight i haven 't lost any weight i've eaten everything that moves i've put in zero dietary restrictions. I ate a whole carrot cake the other day, but the amount of calories that i'm burning is fucking insane like let me i'll, I'll give you a, a for instance on a day like a good calorie day in terms of like how much like yesterday, one workout, two thousand two hundred and fourteen calories one workout three hours twenty five minutes and then the day before that. 1,930 calories the day before that. There was two workouts. One was 1,876 calories. One was 2,210 calories. These are, I mean, this insane amount of calories. One workout I had was 4,900 calories. And what's
1: that entail? Like when you get your heart up to 80, is that the running? Yeah, or the lifting.
0: I can't. I can't just do one thing. I go crazy. Right. Okay. So. I'll, I'll get bored. All right. So. so I lift, but the lift doesn't give me much. Lift is like blue and green. That's all you ever get from lifting. It's and that swings green. or chin ups, presses, cleans and presses, windmills, uh, clean press, squats, uh, renegade rows,
1: all kettlebell,
0: all kettlebells. Okay. Yeah. And obviously, so the lifting the doesn't ups, give you much. Doesn't give you much. How would
1: jiu-jitsu fare?
0: Jiu-jitsu would probably be pretty good, but this thing would get in the way. Right, and right. If anybody mounted you, would crack. This thing would crack. You don't. You, if you lost this, oh my God, it'd be death. Like I could break this with my finger. I'm pretty sure I could break this. It feels like Muay it's Thai burns it. a
1: lot. Yes, that's the number one. I did an that hour and a half of a hitting that
0: bag yesterday. You know, because I have the the gym at home, so right. I went fucking hog on the on the. Put, I put fights on. Once I put fights on, I get fired up. <laughs> Just start fucking wailing on that bag and keeping the party going. Um, but see, if I if I got cocky right now, these fucks could catch me, especially Ari, because he's probably going to sandbag some more and, and hide his numbers because he just wants to beat Bert. because he got super pissed at Tom. He's like, what the fuck, Tom? Because Tom put up all those points yesterday. 600 points in a day is a lot of points. But I, like I said, the dude ran. Like, I'll tell you what he did. He ran 13 fucking miles in his neighborhood, and this is after being sick, but he's feeling it today. Yeah, today he gets 145 points. That's not good. You're not going to win with that. See, they're not trying to win. They're trying to beat Bert. I know that Burt went to crowd therapy.
1: I know that one day he was at U.S. (laughs) crowd therapy because I went over there and they're like, Bert just left here. So I knew he was doing something, but I know he hasn't been going consistently. So.
0: He, Bert is, doesn't do anything consistently, but he doesn't watch his diet either. That's the problem with Bert. He's not watching his diet. He's not eating well. Bert's
1: not an eater. It's the booze, dog. Yeah. That sugar's is. a motherfucker. It is. That shit turns into sugar at night. Beers will kill you. You know what else kills you? Acai bowls. Yeah. People think that they're fucking healthy. There's a ton of shit that fucking Low kills you. Acai yeah, just stick to an apple and a banana. I try. Yeah. You know, I love acai bowls, though. They make them at my house with chia seeds and juju. But I'll tell you berries. What, When
0: I'm in the middle of, like, these brutal workouts, I'll drink a whole soda. In the really? middle of a workout. I drank a cream soda yesterday. In the middle of a workout, I needed sugar. I needed it. How
1: do you know you need it?
0: Because I felt like I needed it. I was fucking... I, I, I'm burning up so many calories. And I'm, I'm my my blood sugar is crashing so hard. I'm eating fruit. I mean, I eat when I the one day that I worked out uh, where I did five and a half hours, I was eating boxes of animal crackers. I was eating everything I could. What
1: I do is what you told me to do. I when I get home from Thai or lifting, and I make a protein shake. I put, I, I swear to God, I take the, uh, Hershey's syrup. You told me just mm-hmm. to put a little bit, and I just go tick. Not yeah. even, Little I mean, I, mean, not bad after I mean, a second of it. Yeah. And with the Mexican chocolate, it works perfect. It tastes like fucking, you know. So I do that with the protein drinks. But I try to avoid sugar nothing no more. Yeah, no you more definitely desserts. should avoid
0: sugar. But see, what's happening with these workouts <clears> is <throat> you're dealing with an extreme loss of electrolytes, an extreme loss of glucose. I mean, I'm putting salt in all my water, um, I'm drinking. A bunch of these Nalgene, you know what a Nalgene bottle is? Like with a twist top, it's a, a thick, heavy plastic, 32-ounce bottle of water. I'm drinking three and four of those in a workout. In those, I'm putting electrolytes, and then I'm putting uh, sprinkles of Himalayan salt. So I'm putting like a little, like a half a teaspoon of Himalayan salt in each one of them, shaking it up. Because I am losing insane amounts of water. I sweat so hard, I set off the fucking alarm. I set off my fire alarm in my gym from sweat, from my steam. The, ro- the whole room was like a shower from me steaming. And I put it up on Instagram. This is the kind of workout I'm doing. I'm, I mean, I'm pushing hard because they're not making it easy. These guys are actually doing it. That's legit. Those puddles on the ground, that's not for me pissing my pants. That's all sweat. So I'm, I'm, I'm sweating so much
1: yeah, you need because to put the salt
0: in. I'm staying in the 80, 80% of your max heart rate range for hours. I'm staying there for hours. So my thought was there's no way they can do that. They're not going to do that. There's no way. They're not going to do that for five hours. They're just not. So like, if I did one day like that, I felt like one day where I did, I got nine hundred and thirty-five points in one workout, and then another hundred points afterwards. I'm like, one day like that will separate me from the pack. Just one day, just put fear. I gotta ask you something. Fear in
1: there. Let me just ask you something, just to be fair to everybody here. What about stuff? Some of the stuff you do, doesn't that kind of? Uh...
0: You mean like testosterone? Yeah, hundred percent helps. I told well, then them too. You can't, you this can't, is you a, can't. Uh, I told them this is a fucking. You should have made
1: them shoot shit. All those motherfuckers. They shut
0: I, I gave them my doctor's information. I told them what they should do. Look, I'm also at least eight years older than all of them. All of them, right? How old are Ari?
1: Forty-one.
0: Forty-one. I'm fifty-one. Yeah, I'm older than all of them.
1: Yeah, but the testosterone. It man, helps. I, I, gotta, I gotta get you side
0: on this. Oh yeah, you should. I, I'm pa- I'm failing all those tests. Yeah, testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy. I started doing all that when I was 40. So that's their age. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. Fuck yeah. Look, listen, everybody. Everybody listen to this. There's a stigma attached to that in a lot of people. Like, you know, where do you get your testosterone from? I get it from my balls. (laughs) All that matters is that you have it in your system if you don't have it in your system you're not going to feel as good it's real simple if you're fine with not feeling as good good go ahead stick with that but if you're not fine with it this is 2018. hormone replacement therapy exists for a reason and that reason is it makes you feel way better it makes your body work way better you can avoid a host of ailments and conditions that are related to your body breaking down due to age with Hormone replacement therapy. The key to doing it, though, is to do it correctly. You're supposed to go to a doctor that's going to test your blood levels, test your nutrient levels, and adjust your diet first. The first thing that happens is they, they want to find out how much you're sleeping, how, how, how stressed out you are, what are you eating, how much water are you drinking, are you getting the proper amount of protein and vegetables, are you eating correctly, let's get you off of the sugar, let's get you off the booze, let's get you off cigarettes or whatever that else is. Before they do anything. So they put you that. It's, this is a many, many month process that I went through where they, they get you off all these different things and you make these adjustments. And then they start adding a little stuff add a little bit of growth hormone, add a little bit of testosterone. First it was cream and then it became injections. It takes a little bit of time to figure out what works best. And then you get to a point where you're, you have the hormone levels of a healthy young man. You don't want to elevate, you don't want to be higher than that. That's when you run into problems. You don't want to be in like some crazy Vitor Belfort when he got popped from, you know, Nevada and he was like some superhuman levels. Who was the guy from Denver
1: that was 80% over? Remember on the Sunday night against, he was was supposed to fight Rumble Johnson. What's the guy from Denver? The Christian, nice guy.
0: Nate Marquardt. Nate
1: Marquardt levels were really high in Pittsburgh that night. That's right.
0: Yeah. Pittsburgh. He he was in danger. (laughs) He was like, it it was dangerous to his health the levels. But he, he says that was his doctor, his doctor fucked him. The 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 whole idea well there's a difference between first of all, there's a big difference between someone who's competing in mixed martial arts. Obviously you have to worry about your opponent getting hurt because of the fact that you're enhanced. And these are young guys that are doing this. When Nate was doing this he was like thirty years old, right? When you're talking about just general health and wellness testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy. There's a reason why a lot of older guys, especially guys who can afford it, they have money, they're doing it. It makes you feel better. It just does. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. There's ways of elevating your testosterone natural They just don't work as well. Whether it's deadlifts or running hills, doing sprints, they work a little bit better. It works a little bit better than nothing.
1: But Squats look. are very good. Yeah. They, they release, but not enough for what you're saying.
0: No. So there's going to be a difference. There's I know through, a difference.
1: they can raise them through acupuncture. I know that she's, I've discussed raising levels of testosterone through acupuncture. I would like to see
0: studies on that. The
1: problem is it's really painful. Acupuncture your, is painful? For that really? process, it's in your feet.
0: Yeah. I'd like to see studies on that. I don't yeah. know if that's really been proven. If that was really proven, I, look, there's, there's ways to raise it, you know.
1: The chick I was with for years told me different case studies that she had been involved in. Yeah. And she told me a guy came in once that found the younger girlfriend. His wife passed, and he found the younger girlfriend. And he couldn't keep up? And he couldn't keep up, so he came in to see her, and she did a bunch of stuff and put him on a tee. And he came back a week later and said, Turn that shit off,
2: because
1: my <laughs> dick will not shut down. Like, But she told me, she goes, I could raise your testosterone levels, but it has to be needling through your feet. Yeah, And you're going to find that a little bit uncomfortable. And I was like, Leave it alone then. I don't want to fucking walk around.
0: All this stuff that we're talking about, um, whether it's hormone replacement therapy or squats or deadlifts or all these, all these things will help. Hormone replacement therapy helps the most. The most. The thing about this kind of a competition that we're doing, though, we're we're not doing anything that you need massive amounts of testosterone. No, this what, is something what this is about world. is willpower.
1: Willpower for a month, thirty days. That's all this was about.
0: But a, a lot of it is discipline and willpower. And if I have any advantage. It's that I have a gym in my house and I have a gym in my studio. And I run with my dog almost every day in the hills and I've been doing that for years. I've been taking that dog running since he was six months old. He runs in the hills with me all the time. You
1: fall in love with running.
0: I love it. You know why I love it, Joey? Here's a big thing. Because it makes me feel better in terms of like my mental state. Like I'm happier when I run all the time. This whole month, I'm fucking I feel great. And I don't just feel great because uh, like I'm not smoking pot. Like I may, mean, maybe that's help. Maybe that's good in some way. Maybe it's good to not smoke as much pot, even though I enjoy it. Maybe it's not good to smoke as much as I do. You gonna smoke
1: Thursday morning?
0: Uh, I don't know. No, Thursday I'm flying to New York. I probably won't smoke. I mean, I might smoke a little over the weekend. I'm gonna play some pool. with My boy Tommy Jr. down in uh, New York. Um, but the um what the thing that really helps because i'm i 'm doing insane amounts of exercise hours and hours of exercise a day, you don't give a fuck about normal bullshit, like all the chatter, all the negative chatter in your head that shit goes away it doesn't exist i don 't care i'm I'm super calm, no anxiety anxiety goes away i think I'm not a depressed person i don't suffer from depression. But I, we, I had Tyson Fury on the podcast.
1: Yeah, last week it was. I haven't listened yet.
0: Amazing, amazing. He's a fucking. He's a brave man. The way he opened up about his... No,
1: I read the comments and whatnot. Yeah, but the way he opened up
0: about his suicidal thoughts and depression... I think all that stuff It helps. helps. It doesn't just help. It helps fucking tremendous. If I I found a drug, if a doctor put me on medication, I was like, Doc, I'm fine. I'm happy. Everything's good. The doctor's like, I would just like you to just try this for a while and tell me me how it makes you feel. Just put me on something. And I had to take a pill a day. And I felt as good as I feel right now sitting in front of you... I would be like, wow, you were right. I feel better. Well, this exists, but it only gets to you through discipline. And no, but you can't give someone something that forces them to work out. Almost every fucking day I worked out this month, I didn't want to do it. Almost every day. The only thing that kept me doing it is Bert going, I'm going to double what Joe does. <laughs> All that, that got me angry. That got my competitive juices stirred. And just the the idea that these guys i have been working out my whole life. These guys barely work out. Like they're going to beat me in some sort of a fitness competition that involves willpower. I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm going to put in more time than you. I'm just going to. But all that aside, when I did do it, just doing it, I feel... Fucking fantastic. Well, remember the
1: tapes you made of me in, in House of Blues where you were concerned? I was like, I don't want to live no more and yeah. all that. I wasn't working out. Yeah. Now I do something four days a week minimum. Since I've been on Weight watches, I didn't hit the plateau one week because I was on antibiotics. I got a rash on my leg. and So when I lifted, I felt a little weird, but I still did everything else.
0: It's hard to exercise on antibiotics.
1: I felt it lifting. Yeah, you felt so When I was so doing weak. the squats, I had to stop. Feels I had to, I had to so stop. So, I, I, in fact, I went off the end I was like, I can't live with like this.
0: There's very few things that will kill your system like antibiotics. No, no, I couldn't do it. And that, that's a, a real wake up call for people that don't understand the benefits of probiotics. Because probiotics, like taking acidophilus or eating kimchi or eating anything that's going to help your, your microbiome, it's so beneficial to your, your well being, to the way you feel, the way your health is, your vitality. All that stuff is connected. I like yogurt. Yogurt's fucking great for I you. I love yogurt. Greek I, yogurt? I eat
1: yogurt a lot. I don't like the Greek as much as the other one. I get the low point one.
0: I'm I a love, kimchi guy. I, I eat that like shit kimchi. almost every day. I
1: love that shit juice, but you got to watch the sugar in that. Kampucho. What juice is that?
0: Oh kombucha, yeah, You gotta you watch you the to watch juice. You, you
1: gotta watch the sugar in that. I, got, I got a two-point kombucha for eight ounces. That's not bad.
0: No, it's not bad. That's not bad at all. So you it's gotta watch. It's very beneficial, though. Very beneficial. Kombucha is fucking amazing. It's really good at avoiding sicknesses. But uh, with this exercise, the amount of exercise that I'm doing, I'll drink bottles of that shit. I don't worry about nothing. That there's a lot of benefit in that to me. Just to be able to eat whatever the fuck I want. I mean. I've been eating everything in front of me, man, this whole month. I mean, I've d- doubled how much food I eat. Just eating like, it's fucking, it's crazy I how much watch, I'm eating.
1: I gotta watch everything, Jerome. I get it. I, I get it. I don't touch this meat is not, what six. I'm doing is not I sustainable. I do salmon at night. Salmon's good. I do a lot of chicken breast. My meat intake has cut just to a third. I don't agree with you on the meat intake anymore. Especially at night. I don't fuck with that shit at night no more. If I eat meat, it's maybe three times a week. Don't get me wrong, I still crave a fucking steak. But if I take my wife out on the day for the steak, the first thing I do is cut it in half. And I save it for the next day for breakfast or something. Nothing wrong with that. I try to eat meat early in my
0: day. Let it digest by the time the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, I rolls don't away. like it at night
1: no more. No mosh, no much. Mm. It's funny the day we were talking when your mother was visiting. And you and I were talking about Italians that they can't eat pasta after they're 50, that they lose yeah. their mind. You know, as you get older, you lose things. You mm-hmm. just can't eat them. And I've had, I think Sebastian told me that gravy bothers him. And my buddy in Jersey was hysterical. He's like, I can't even walk past a pizza place no more.
0: Well, it's <clears> its also. Don't what happened to your feet.
1: Of- the feet, gout. They get gout, Italian yeah, you people. Can get that. You get gout from sauce, from the acidity in the sauce.
0: People get it from wine, you know. It Used to be called like emperor's disease. Cuz people would just sit around and drink wine when they were rich. Like it's like it was a rich person's disease way back in the day. Is wine bad? No, wine's good no, for you. Wine's not bad. Wine's good for you. Everything's bad in excess. In excess. You know, I mean sugar's terrible in excess. You have, you know, like the rock he eats like a fucking a, a plate of cookies one day a week. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a day where you fuck off, have a cheat meal. It's nothing wrong with that. As long as the majority of your diet is healthy. The majority of your diet should consist of leafy green vegetables, healthy fats, healthy meat. You know, grass-fed I beef still is my egg favorite. Whites.
1: Fuck you, pussies.
0: Egg whites? You need I yolks. Still, They're good. I eat yolks the like yolks are a great. motherfucker. One of our sponsors, what was the egg sponsor? They... Uh, Forget the sponsor, but they 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 give you they sell actual cage free eggs. People say cage free, but they're all fucking jammed in together. They might as well be in a cage. What is Vital it? Vital
3: Farms. Spell it? Vital Farms.
0: V I T A L, mm-hmm. right? Vital Farms. And they'll the eggs that they have are fucking dark orange yolk. That robust yolk. They taste better. They the, taste better. because those, those chicken, you that's, chi- See that shit? That's what a fucking egg eggs is supposed should look, to look you like. You still got the chickens? Yep. Are they still giving you great eggs also? Man, they haven't been giving me eggs lately. I've been getting like a couple eggs a day at the moment. This is a company that sponsors you? Yeah. Oh, I'm going go uh, to My chickens are getting old, man. That's so the, the problem. They'll they send you eggs to your house? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Will you... I think How, I've what seen it have? in the
3: store. I recognize that yeah. packaging.
0: I think they're just selling okay. them in the
3: store. Yeah.
0: But, you know, they have services that will deliver stuff from stores to your house now.
3: How crazy is that?
1: Cubans eat eggs, fried eggs on white rice. It's
0: oh, good. Jesus Christ. Eggs are fantastic. And then
1: they break the yolk on the fried rice together on white on white
0: rice. I love it. And then
1: the other Cuban thing is white rice with a steak on top. I love it. With two eggs on top of bring that. And you're, and you're supposed to bring yes. it. Yes. You know what they call it? Ho- eggs on horseback. Where, where how are you? Oh. Where like how are you? Eggs on horseback. That's like disgusting, it. Joe Rogan.
0: What are you talking about? Sounds amazing.
1: Oh my God. When that Why? yolk breaks over the oh, steak, I can't so have that.
0: No. What are you saying?
1: And especially over white rice. I'm hungry oh Jesus right now. Christ.
0: I eat steak and eggs all the time.
1: I love steak and eggs, but again I gotta watch the fucking uh once a week. Yeah. Once every ten days. I well, can't eat ba- I can't eat fucking pancakes. No. The hardy pancakes, like I can have one. From Pancakes
0: is just a bunch of bread. It's just bread.
1: But they have the hearty, hearty oats ones with a little bit of uh, zero-calorie maple syrup.
0: Well, you know what you can get? There's a company called No Foods, K N O W Foods, and they make a fucking they make waffles that are like, I don't know what they use, almond flour or something like that, they taste good, low carb, very low sugar, they fucking taste fantastic, and they have a zero sugar syrup that tastes fucking great. I'll put melted butter on those motherfuckers and that zero sugar syrup and eat the shit <coughs> out of those waffles. That fucking sugar, They taste that good. That fucking
1: zero sugar syrup is
0: fucking tremendous. It's good. And you eat it, you don't feel bad. It tastes good.
1: It tastes really
0: fucking and good. And when it's over, you don't feel like a fucking, like you got hit with an insulin dart. You don't feel like, like uh, that feeling that you get when you eat like real waffles with real sugar. See, I never got
1: that. Uh, I never got to enjoy that, that shit as a kid. At The
0: end. You're like, oh, uh, an hour later, you barely can walk. Not with these. These you eat these fucking things, and you feel fantastic. Joey Diaz, your Netflix special, it's out tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Jesus Christ, I put up a, a thing that uh, our boy uh, Michael Klein made. From one by one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of degenerate things, but there's a lot of things this I will not do. Like you can't play a man's uh, stand yeah. up in front of him, driving crazy. I have no fucking you, problems
1: looking at myself.
0: But I, I like the clip. The clip looks good. Yeah. It's funny.
1: It's funny.
2: Uh
1: I'm I'm very thankful to Netflix for giving me the half hour. You know, I just feel at times like I didn't do really well on the on the show. Like I felt like. I felt you're like, hard
0: on yourself. You're an artist.
1: No, but you know, I felt like, and not to be try to be cute, it's funny like when you see Rhonda get kicked and she was sitting there for the first three minutes. She was upset about the kick, but you're also upset about the training. You see all the holes in your training where you made mistakes, little mistakes mm-hmm. you made. Even two weeks ago when Connor went down for a couple minutes, he was just sitting there. He's not thinking about the 30 million he made. There's nobody. You're right. thinking about the mistakes that got you there, you know? And it was weird that I didn't think I did that well on a Netflix uh, special. Like, per- personally, I wanted to do better, you know? But it, but ever since that, you can't. Ever since Utah, July, June 30th, I have been on a different level as a stand-up comic. I went back to the Mitzi Shaw technique. I don't give a fuck. I'm 55. If you don't like me, I don't give a fuck. Well, that's- if I offend you... I really don't give a fuck. This is who I am. And that's it. I've been having some tremendous sets in the original
0: room. That's week. the benefit of doing these because things. Because I don't give a fuck no The more. benefit of doing these specials is you grow. You abandon all the material, and then you're forced to regroup, and you're forced to look at the material and look at your set, see what you don't like. Some people never do that, Joey, and they never grow because of that.
1: It's just, but the growth I've had since June 4th, I feel like Dustin Poirier and Max Holloway together. Like, I see it. Like, in the original room now, I'm back to rare form. Like, I finally I had to watch. I, I, I just, it just got in my head. I had to watch a couple. I had some Red Fox specials. I cop, I watched a couple of any Bruce specials. I went back to my favorite. I got all the vinyl from Richard Pryor, and I went back and listened to it. And I came to the conclusion that what was I giving a fuck about? I can't give a fuck about audiences. This is who the fuck I am. I'm going to unleash the wrath of fucking God on you. And when we come out of here, we'll see what the fuck it is. You know, the worst thing I did was a week before, Jim Norton says something that kind of bothered me once. And then I, I understood after he said it. He said he didn't watch people's specials. Me, I like watching comedy specials. I love watching them. But a week before my special, I did the worst thing in the world. I watched John Mulaney's special, who's a great writer. Who's a great writer. I'm not a great writer. Everything was me as my energy. So I wanted to be John Mulaney. And that's what I felt. Looking back now, now I got it all out of the way. and I know exactly who the fuck I am. And you're in trouble. I'm taking into murky waters now. (laughs) Every show. (laughs) And I'm going to say something to offend you. Because that's who I am. I got to talk this dirty shit. You know, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks anymore. But every once in a while, my wife calls it, Joey, you're having a white moment. You're not white. You're Cuban. Knock the fuck off. <laughs> like, I get headshots. My wife's like, here he goes again.
0: <laughs> uh, Getting a white shots. moment. I don't even have, Do you have <laughs> headshots?
1: No, no. I don't,
0: I don't have headshots. I haven't had headshots in decades.
1: No, you don't need them no more. What do we Uh, give a fuck about headshots? You know who the fuck we are. use a
0: picture of me offline. Yeah,
1: I don't (laughs) give a fuck. Well, you look so old and I don't give a fuck. Just use it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, brother. And it's always a pleasure. Will I see you this week?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll be around this week. Well, actually, no, you know, because um, I've got some shit to do before I leave for New York. I'm not going to be around, but I'll be around after that. Okay. November 1st we're I back on you. tear. I love you too, man. Thank you very much, for My pleasure, me, man. My pleasure, brother. All Always right, brother. great to see you. Always. Uh so tonight it airs at midnight, Does midnight it? LA time. Yours is the 30th, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, so tonight you can check it out um, live on Netflix. Shout out to Netflix. Thanks having me. Thank everything. you very much, Netflix. Love you. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Joe Rogan. Love you.
2: Perfect.